we're just boys. We're just boys. And we like beer. We like beer. If you think that that sounds hazy, then Lord, we'll make it clear. We like Blondells, IPAs, cider stouts from the USA. We're just boys. And we like beer. Yeah, we're just boys. We like beer. We like beer. Upstate Beer Boys. Welcome into the latest episode of the Upstate Beer Boys podcast. Thank you, as always, to the voice of the Upstate Beer Boys, Mr. Chris Hitchcock. Find him on all your music streaming platforms. I am joined, as always, by my faithful and loyal co-hosts, Stephen the Mayor. Find him on Instagram at Southern Bling Beer Reviews. Wayne the Sage. Find him on YouTube. Search Wayne's Beer Delivery. Like and subscribe and all that jazz. Also, find him on Instagram by the same name, at Wayne's Beer Delivery. And, of course, yours truly, producer and humble correspondent, Chase. Find me on TikTok, Instagram, and now YouTube, at Nutmeg2Palmetto. Gentlemen, we have a double IPA, a chocolate banana peanut butter milk stout, and a barley wine. I think it's safe to say we'll save the barley, barley wine for last, but what do you guys want to start with? I'd say, let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> I'll crack open my other half real quick. Space Hallucinations Imperial Oak Cream IPA 10.5 ABV. And I'll share this time instead of oh, thank you. taking it all on my own. <laughs> Let's do this. Other half. Didn't they have a... Uh collab that we had on here before? Oh, I'm sure. With it the, was something Stephen got from the 8 say bottle share. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it was Mylar or something. Yeah, Mylar balloons? Clouds. Well, they usually do clouds on their stuff, but it could have been balloons. That is, just for the uh, audience's visual pleasure, this is a very orange juice looking beer. Like a mimosa. I can smell the orange juice. This is, this is one of the ones that I got from a guy that flew down from up north just for the other half, eight state bottle release. And he said, I want you to have these. So here we go. Cheers. All right, gentlemen. Cheers. Clean. Yeah. <laughs> no glass. Sorry, it smells like straight orange juice. It does. <clears throat> Oh, it really does. Does it taste like it though? Oh, it's little really hoppy. juicy. Super hot. Really juicy. Super hoppy, little pretty little moderately bitter. Very juicy. I know. I got hops. It's, it's hops to me. Hops, juice, a touch bitter, but not super bitter. See, I'm not getting the bitter at all. It's, I mean, it's not overpowering by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm, that's, that's still my, my palate giving me a bitter sensation over anything else. That being said, I'm still drinking yeah. it. <laughs> it's not, it's not all putting in any stretch of the imagination. I would say if I went into a bottle shop and saw this can sitting on the shelf, I would definitely be, uh, enticed to buy it you know you can't really see but it's got all sorts of different uh, colors on it uh, clouds 
and then the name Space Hallucinations. That's uh, that goes with the can. So I'm going to get this wrong, I know, but Bill Hurtnke, I think that's how it's pronounced his last name. Thank you for sending this, and I'm sharing it with Upstate Beer Boys. Yep. So I know you listen. Yeah, thank you, Bill. Is he one of our uh, New York downloads? I'm sure. <laughs> I haven't asked him, but. You see where the downloads are coming from. Yeah. Just keep them coming, that's all. Yeah. Absolutely. The other half's in Brooklyn, right? So they've got multiple ones. This one was brewed in New York. Uh, I think it's New York, New York. Isn't it? No, you're right. This one's Brooklyn. But if you go online, they've got like D.C. and um, a couple other states that they... Or in also. Oh, kind of sounds cool. like Evil Twin. Mm -hmm. Evil Twin brews all over the place. Yeah, if you look up. I didn't know that either. I knew they were in Brooklyn. I definitely knew they were in Brooklyn, but I didn't know they had other places. Yeah, Buffalo, D.C. Buffalo's got a little bit of a presence. I mean, that's where Mortalis is from. Mm hmm. Philly. Rockefeller Center. Still in New York. <laughs> Domino Park. Oh, yeah. Domino Park. FLX. FLX. East Bloomfield, New York. For extreme. Yeah. <laughs> Bloomfield, New York. So they're, they're, mainly, they're mainly New York. Dude, Florida is extreme, okay? <laughs> okay. Domino Park or whatever is New York, New York. That's a lot in here. So you said this was a, this was a double IPA? Well. Oak, so oat cream. Yeah, it doesn't specifically Imperial oat. Imperial, so yeah, it's double. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So I missed that when I was reading before. I was just assuming so double IPA based on alcohol percentage. So talk to me the difference between an Imperial IPA and a double IPA. I don't think there is one. I think so, it's just two, uh, two words of the same thing. Okay. So DH IPA is dry hopped IPA. Yeah, but that's never, you never see a DH IPA. Mm -hmm. It's a dry hopped IPA. Double dry I'll, hop. I'll like show the you style one. itself, the style itself is just IPA. It's just a dry hop. Service IPA. Brewing. The can says DH IPA. That's interesting. I've never seen it use that abbreviation. I'm positive it does. I could be wrong now. No, I believe you. I've just never seen it. I've never seen that expressed as an abbreviation. Yeah. Written out, yes, all the time. I so, could be wrong. If you are listening out there and you can tell me the difference between an imperial IPA and a double IPA, hit up the uh, podcast Instagram page or mine or just something. And by all means, if they're, the same, if they're the same thing, just tell Wayne that Chase was right. <laughs> DDH IPA. DDH. Well, that's double dry hop. All right. So, one down, boys. So, do we go? Uh, we're saving. Ireland. We're saving for I went the last. <laughs> all right. So next up, we've got 
Does it say SS Elvis Presley? It's the SS Elvis Presley. This is something I grab from a brewery right by my house in Lexington. Um, called Angry Fish Brewing Company. They are on our schedule for the end of April, so you can look forward to that episode around probably May or some first week of May or so. Um, they're on the books, and I brought up a crowler to share with, with you gentlemen because you guys have been, you guys were all excited about their logo with this sinister-looking skeleton fish with red eyes. <laughs> a friend of mine actually down in Columbia does all their tap handles. Oh. Okay. And he also does he did or he did did their jockey box cover. Okay. So at the top of my head so it looks like it's a chocolate banana peanut, peanut butter, butter milk. So so that sounds like a banana split with a little bit of peanut butter and liquid form. So <laughs> let's pop it open. Got a nice pop. Dark like your soul wing. Yes, sir. Still got the carbonation, Steve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoy this. You guys were supposed to drink it together. Well, we already got a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Did you drink all your? Cheers. I hear you. I was. I was. Before we go any further, one of us has not finished their Imperial IPA, and it was the least likely suspect. <laughs> Mr. IP himself, <clears throat> the mayor. I really like that one. And so I was just kind of trying to savor it. I was, man. <laughs> Most people don't really like something they don't. They don't. Savor. No, I went to last long. Yeah, that's I my, agree. I'm gonna leave it on that one. That's my last other half. That's my last other half. <laughs> Bill, if you're listening, hint, hint, hint. <laughs> what do you guys get from your home? I don't want to. I don't want to say what I get until you guys um, speak of it. I'm picking up what it's putting down. Yeah. Chocolate. Banana. A little bit of. You got the banana, huh? For me, it's all peanut butter. Then again, I could be inceptioning myself with the. Uh, inceptioning yourself with what? With the description. Mm. I get banana in the flavor. I definitely get banana in the flavor. Yeah, for me, it's peanut butter up the nose, banana down the throat. Wait a minute. Peanut butter up the nose? Did you sniff it? I did not pull a Steven, no. <laughs> southern, southern bling beer snorters. <clears throat> I will never live that day in the world, fellas. No, especially not because you did it about four times. <laughs> And counting. <laughs> Have you ever taken a sip yet? No. <laughs> Documentation, my Document, brother. Yes. Phone, phone drinks first. 
No, I almost did it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going That's to have to. Inception, Wade. Okay, so from now on, from now on, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to put the the cup up to my mouth and then put it in my nose instead of putting my nose because that's what I keep doing. I put my nose in it to get closer and closer. The mayor drinks beer like a hummingbird. <laughs> well, you can get it to your system a lot quicker if you snort it versus drinking it. So. That's true. And beer, beer, beer can, <clears throat> craft beer can be a drug to some people, <laughs> including us. <laughs> I taste graham crackers. Really? I do. Devil, that, Devil's Kale Part 2 has resurfaced. I mean, literally, <laughs> it, it tastes a lot like a s'mores. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. There's a uh, Ironmonger, I think it's called, in Georgia, that they do a, a campfire s'mores beer. Talking too loud. <laughs> campfire s'mores beer. Yes, Ironmonger. And it tastes a lot like this. Georgia breweries have some great names. Yes, they do. <clears throat> Speaking of, a friend of mine got me a, a beer glass from Georgia Beer Week. Oh, yes, that just happened. Oh, no, wait. Yes, it did happen. It did happen. That's right. That's right. That's right. Just a couple weeks ago. Yes, it was. Yeah, I, he I was, was thinking of um, a craft beer festival coming up down there. But yes, Georgia Beer Week was a couple weeks ago. He was playing at a a brewery down there that we were asked to come down and do a review or oh. inter interview. Where was this news? I told you about it a I while back. Because I told you it's the same time that we go down to Good Times. Uh, wait. I remember that. Good Times is on the schedule? No. Oh, not yet. We got to get our schedules together. <laughs> Because the, the guy told me that when, no, oh. not the same schedule. His brewery's in Oconee, or down near Oconee. And he said he'll just cross the line and go okay. to Good Time when we go down there. Oh. Good Times is in Greenwood. Yes, it is. And that brewery's about 30 minutes away, so he said he'll just meet us there and bring his beer. So, yeah, good. I like good times. Good times is a it's it, and it's the, the brewery is. I don't want to say weird, but it's like a like a dual. It's like a double building. It's like a a bar area and then like a long restaurant kind of thing too. Yeah, I haven't been to good times. We need to get out more. I do. <laughs> well, I mean, we've got an open invitation. We got to go down there. The the guy that uh, Gore Tex. Gore Tex. <laughs> Love that guy. What a happy little man. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were at the beer fest, and this shorter gentleman kept going by. Bling! Bling! Hey! <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> Chase was confused. I was like, I'll introduce you to him in a minute when he, when he slows down. He's a beer distributor. Yeah, and he goes a mile a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Think I talk a lot. You know, uh, speaking of Western breweries, I think we might need to jaunt on down to uh, Anderson soon. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I've been talking to Cousin, and we've definitely got to do that. Well, yeah. Well, this fish, even though it's angry, 
pretty damn tasty. Comes down, goes down smoothly, right? And Wayne, you will be. Wow, there's some finish. Oh. He snarfs and he spits up, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Dang. Can't take him anywhere. He's got, in our little family of a, of a, of a beer podcast, he's got middle child syndrome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm an only child. <laughs> hey, I am the middle child. I am the middle child of us three, yeah. I said it. It took me a minute. And you know, I was born a blonde. So, and I had blonde hair until I was about two. Just keeps getting better and better. Yep. <laughs> it's like it's like the song that never ends. It's the joke that never stops. Yep. <laughs> and they just keep writing themselves around here. <laughs> All right. So a little bit off subject. Chase, what made you decide to jump into the YouTube world? I don't know. I think I needed a new challenge. Um. And you know, I, I started watching your videos a little bit more and I started watching your, your buddy's videos uh, that I've also now been become acquainted with, even the metal guy and Dave's TV and Brian the Beer Snob and I'm watching like the continuous one shot type of videos and me having uh, more of a video background, I'm thinking, I can do this upright, I can, I can make this something a little special, so yeah, let me, let me, let me hop in and, and put my own kind of flair to it. I can't say put my own bling to it because that expression is taken by something. Nah, <laughs> it ain't taken. Say what you so, want to say. So does that mean that uh, next few months that uh, Steven's going to join the YouTube world? or? Well, my daughter has already been trying to help me get a YouTube channel. I've got a YouTube channel that I've had since she was born that I documented videos of her. I just don't have the password for it. <laughs> so I think I do need to start a new one and And see that that now you don't even learn how need to learn how to edit. You have free child labor to uh do all your grunt work with the videos. Well <laughs> Shall we crack on this barley wine, gentlemen? Sure. Someone's last to finish their beer again. Now this is from Hive Ranch which is from our neighbors to the north in Concord, just a little northeast, northeast of Charlotte. Um, I, I wound up up there for their Into the Dark beer release. And they had, they had a ton of stuff they released there. They had, an IP, they released an IPA that weekend. They released a Dunkel, which you each got one of. Um, and then two, and then a peanut, another peanut butter stout, which I couldn't share with you guys because it wasn't supposed to age, although it wound up aging a little bit anyway. Uh, a stout okay. that's not supposed to age? What's up with that? I, you know, I don't know. It just must have been the way they brewed it with the adjuncts, I guess. Hmm. Um, and then they had this barley wine. Oh, um, wait. No, I'm sorry. The barley wine was, was, was extra. There was, uh, there were two. Oh, that's stout. boozy. That's boozy. <laughs> boozy wine. Boozy wine. Take a sniff. What do I get? Oh my goodness. 
That's some high test right there, boys. Yeah, it is. That's a that's a mic check. <laughs> it's it's you know what? <laughs> it's not the most pungent barrel aged beer I've ever taken. Which, by the way, barrel aged barley wine. Cheers. Cheers. Clink. Clink. <laughs> barrel aged barley wine. Yeah, we're sitting in Wayne's garage, getting messed up, drinking barley wine, sipping on peanut butter beer. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> That's pretty smooth. Is it? Yeah. Um, the name of this bad boy is The Augmentation of Life. Is that empty? That's a very artsy name. Um... 13%. Ha, I like this. Hashtag get your bottles. Mm. Yeah. And from High Branch, the bottle for our audience's visual pleasure is a black label, kind of gold bronzes text, and a uh, kind of eclipse looking moon coming out of the clouds. It's very dark. Label. Yes. Very dark. Another one dark like your soul, Wayne. <laughs> oh. <laughs> What the heck? Where'd that come from? You didn't notice the first time? <laughs> Dark like your soul. Actually, I'm the one that coined that myself. He did coin it. Mm. Because he, uh, his log, he likes his lagers dark. I like dark beers. What do you guys think of the flavor? I think this is really smooth. That, that, that kind of kicking, kicking the, kicking the nads that the aroma gives you kind of it's a little bit of a uh, surprise difference, I should say, from the flavor. I don't know if it's the whiskey barrel age to it, but it's like it's it's almost watery. But then on the back end, you get the uh, 13%. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Like you get the... You get the, the your typical barley wine front. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. That's a fair. That, that that's a fair uh, take on it. I don't know how I feel about it, but I'll <laughs> drink it anyways. Augmentation of life. Augmentation. It usually means you enhance something. Go bigger. So what they're saying, I guess, is that barrel aging enhances the beer. It's an implant. <laughs> implant it yeah. definitely gives it boozy flavor. Well, what was our, what was our old joke? Yeah, I'm, am I an implant or a transplant? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I like it, though. If you can get by that aroma, the flavor is really good. And again, it's not even the most booziest aroma I've ever smelled from something that's barrel-aged. Not for that high of an ABV, you know, 13%, you don't, it, it doesn't really taste like it. That, you know, actually, good point, because I think, when I think of, like, the booziest aroma I've ever sniffed out of a beer, <clears throat> I think of that rum barrel-aged that I shared with you guys from Black Hog. Sailor's Dream. Sailor's Dream, yeah. Absolutely. That had the booziest aroma I've ever smelled. <laughs> Without a doubt. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty rough. 
this one's pretty on pace with, you know, most boozy aromas, but the flavor doesn't. The flavor, you wouldn't know it. This is pretty stealthy, you know. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you know, for someone who likes to talk a lot, Steven has not had a lot to say about this. <laughs> Has he even taken a sip yet? No. Okay. I'm, Are you trying to he can't, he can't. I'm, I'm, oh, if he snored, that he'd die. <laughs> probably not. <clears throat> get by once you get by the aroma, I think you'll be fine. But it takes a little bit to get by the aroma. But if you can get by the aroma of that sailor's dream, you can get by the aroma of this. I don't know. After you after you take a sip of it and then you sniff it. It doesn't come through as much. Anymore. No, it doesn't. No, I agree, hundred percent, hundred percent. That that booziness is gone. This still sound crazy, but I think I like the uh, SSL espresso better. Someone's mm. got the shakes. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry, did I miss you snorting it? <laughs> no, he no, got the shakes. He oh. took that sip and he got that like chill. I was like, smile. yeah, I was like. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> you got that that is that's boozy <laughs> you got the chill down in his spine that uh you get when you take take the first sip of a new bourbon or something have you guys well Wayne probably know because Wayne doesn't get out but Stephen have you ever ventured up the high branch I have not oh that's in North Carolina yeah the last time I was in Concord I was at Charlotte Moore Speedway okay oh. I take that back. I was actually the drag strip there. Oh, NHRA? Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. Very nice. Very nice. Is that the uh, most exciting 30 seconds of motorsports? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a whole day of motorsports, just uh, a few seconds at a time. <laughs> Speaking of North Carolina, I'm just sitting here reading an email that when we get off air, I'll read you fellas about... Oh, a little secrets, trade secrets. Well, not trade secret, but... Show secret. A future guest that we've been talking about for a while. That's a tease, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that also doesn't narrow it down either, so... <laughs> Brewery starts with an N. Ah, I think I know. And where ends you're going with, with an that. S. <clears throat> that could be a few, mm. but I. Uh, that's a that's a good tease. It will be a new adventure. Experience. Yeah, adventure, adventure, mm. right there. Yeah. Well, speaking of teases, <laughs> we're gonna head down. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna head down near downtown, not quite all the way downtown, but near downtown. We're gonna talk with the owner, and not just the owner. He brews, he does all the business stuff, does even some promotional things. We're gonna talk to Will McCameron of One Brewery eighty five, not too far off of Lauren Grove, right outside of downtown. So uh, keep it right here. Yes, the only joint my mama burned. Was on the rural route. She parked in old man Taters Woods so she wouldn't be found out. Turned off her dome light, snuck off by herself. Crashed down beneath that window, fired it up, and gave it hell. At that hangout, my daddy 
taps and stools and tables got turned to the only joint my mama ever burned. I'll get sassy and bluegrass. Come on. Welcome back to the Upstate Beer Boys podcast. We're in beautiful Greenville, South Carolina at Brewery 85. With us today is Will, one of the owners of Brewery 85. Will, what a beautiful day that you picked for us to come today. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, man. Thanks for coming. I appreciate it. Uh, my name is Will McCameron. I uh, born and raised here in Greenville, Greenville boy, and I'll probably die here, hopefully. Um, yeah, I mean, I got my start in beer. Uh, I went to Clemson as an undergrad in, in uh, travel and tourism, which is a uh, popular degree, especially you know a lot of the a lot of the folks in the city are travel and tourism grads, and um, it's one of Clemson's. Uh, believe it or not, everybody thinks like they hear PRTM and it's like, oh. That's a football degree. It's like, no, this it, it is actually one of the best PRTM schools in the nation. And it was not easy. <laughs> I thought it was going to be. But I, that, what was great is I transferred out of business and found something that I was really passionate about. And really, much like a doctor, you know, I went to school longer than four years and uh, am still using my degree today. It's very much applicable. I'm convincing people to come to Greenville and visit my brewery and visit our city. Um, homebrew the whole time, whole time, me and my wife, my wife Meredith is one of the other co-owners, um, and she also, me Cameron, and she, uh, uh, she took a class called, um, hell, I don't know, it was Wines, Vines, and Brews, but they just teach you how to homebrew. What? what? That's a real thing? That's a, it was a real thing, they teach you how to homebrew and make wine, so we made wine, because it was a lot easier, and like, as a college student, I, I didn't have all the money to... I was into other things, and you know, brewing takes some time, and it took, no, no, I was actually the, uh, I ran the, uh, I was the vice president of SIGUP, one of the vice presidents of SIGUP, and then I was, um, after that I was the, uh, I created the Clemson Club football team with a few friends. Um, but yeah, and we, we did, you know, didn't have the money or time or patience to do beer, so we did wine, it was great, it was awesome. Learned about how the fermentation process worked there, and then when I got out after a few years, I... Uh, found a job as a, excuse me, a, um, I worked at a fire protection company, doing a lot of underground and everything, passed the NYSET engineering certification, uh, exam, and then just wasn't happy with it. It's not what I wanted to do with life. Uh, I was lifting a lot of weights after football, um, was part-time and as a pro wrestler. Uh, oh. Yeah, in, in between Atlanta and Charlotte, Spartanburg, and... Uh, the body finally said, you need to cut that out. <laughs> um, my wife was very happy. Dogs were very happy. And then, uh, I quit my job one day. Uh, the, by the way, the fire protection job was with my family. My father owned the fire protection company. Um, and I just didn't, it just wasn't for me. And so I quit one day and went to work at Thomas Creek. And time was nice stuff to kind of mentor me and guide me through everything and, um, worked my butt off there and then kind of burned myself out for the first time on beer and went back to homebrewing and really developed some recipes. And, uh, I've, at that point I also worked at the Greenville Beer Exchange, uh, kind of in the first years of its life. Um, so that, that place will all, also always be near and dear to my heart. And then I, uh, went to the, um, the World Brewing Academy, which is kind of a two school, um, Thing. It's you, you move to Chicago and the Siebel, and you go to the Siebel Institute, do a lot of your classwork and stuff like that. Um, and then you move to Munich 
and do a lot of the hands-on stuff. And then you kind of wake up. After Munich, you wake up in a different city every day, and you're just traveling and doing beer in Europe. And it was a pretty neat experience. And we get back and then convince the bank to give us a boatload of money, and here we are paying it off, paying everything back. And we just celebrated year eight uh, cool. in January. So I'm pretty stoked. Yeah, it's I, it's it's been a trip. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't envision this. Let's put it that way. Wayne, do you mind if I get a follow-up in? Oh, come on. Already? <laughs> he gave us a lot of stuff. I thought of three. <laughs> All right, shoot with one follow-up. Yeah, y'all should have shut me up. <laughs> don't, don't steal Wayne's thunder. <laughs> I'm sure he will. So you went, so you said you spent some time in Munich, and yep. a lot of times you hear of the brewing laws in Germany being a lot more stringent as far as what qualifies as a beer recipe or whatever. Right, right, right. What, what was that? What was your experience like with that? And like, oh, wow, I really have to toe the line on this. Uh, so they call it the Reinheitsgebot. Uh, and it used to be, it was like made in 15 something. Um, Germans are awesome, but peculiar people. Like there's, um, it's like touching your dad's thermostat or his toolbox, you know? Like there's a place for everything and everything's got a place to it. And <laughs> um, and they, yeah, they, they very much like, no, 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 this is how we're going to do things. So they actually made a law that says, at the time they didn't know what yeast was, but the yeast was eventually added. So it's, you can only put hops, water, malt, yeast in a beer. And that's the purity law. And they've, they've got some wild beer laws over there. So like you can self-distribute over there where you can't in South Carolina. But it's kind of very much like it's a wild culture where, you know, you go into a restaurant uh, and it's either all Pepsi products or all Coke products or something like that. It's the same thing. You go to a restaurant and everything's Spaten, and Spaten's probably paid to install those taps, right? Mm -hmm. You can get seven, eight, nine different types of beer, all colors, all flavors and everything. They're all going to be brewed by Spaten. And you go across the, the restaurant next door and it's all Augustiner or it's all, so it kind of works like that over there. And then you go to, I don't know, Austria. You cross the border to Austria and they're like, no, no, no. We're not. Gonna, <laughs> we're not gonna do anything. Like you, if you want, I mean, like, if you wanted to get a Budweiser, you get a Budweiser. If you want to get a Danish beer, you get a Danish beer. If you wanted to get, you know, an American beer, you get an American beer, Japanese beer, whatever. <laughs> and it was beautiful. Uh, yeah, in Germany, you can pretty much only get beers brewed in Germany. Very peculiar on that. Yeah. <laughs> Any more follow-ups? Yes, but you can go ahead. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for having us. Uh, you know. <laughs> thanks for having me. In the last, especially the last decade, the explosion of the uh, upstate area, you know, there's just uh, stuff blowing up everywhere, which uh, also means there's uh, craft beer places popping up left and right. Um, but it seems like most of it's more towards the downtown area. And your location is not in the hub of downtown. How mm -hmm. did you choose this particular location? Uh, well, we are still in the city limits. We wanted something uh, close to Greenville, right off the interstate. Obviously, uh, beer so good they knew an interstate after us. Um, that, <laughs> That's good. Uh, and, and the 85 what connects us there is uh, Jeremy, our other owner, Jeremy Caldwell, is mm -hmm. from Anderson. He's from Belton. Uh, and um, Meredith's from Tucker, Georgia, right outside Atlanta. And so mm -hmm. what's the one thing that ties us all together is 85. And it's also, you know, we're kind of a blue collar brewery and it's, that's 85 really is the lifeblood of the South. It's, you know, where mm -hmm. all the commerce and uh, shipping and everything happens. So we, that's why we named it that. Um, yeah, we just didn't want to be 
a downtown crowd. We didn't want to be a destination brewery. We wanted to be off the beaten path. We didn't want to be banging it out till 4 a.m. And um, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but you know, we mm -hmm. didn't want to we didn't want to be a bar. We wanted to concentrate on the beer. It's another mm -hmm. reason why we don't have a food element and we rely heavily on, on food trucks because I don't know the first thing, you know, about running a restaurant or cooking food or anything. And so mm -hmm. I'm not even gonna try to fake it and dip my toe into that water. What I know is beer. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna do beer. And then I'm going to find other people like food trucks and let them do what they do best and shine and we can kind of be mutual you know, partners in that journey. It's interesting that you bring up the uh, lack of connection with food because you said you worked with Tom, mm -hmm. Thomas Craig, and on our interview with him way back when, a few months back, he said that his background was coming from Ruby Tuesdays and food establishments. So that's an interesting juxtaposition. Yeah, and, and when I worked there, he hadn't, they didn't have a kitchen or anything. They yeah. didn't have that all that, what you see now. Free stone law. That was our... Hops cooler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of location, uh, do you find in, in the area you're in, do you find yourself having more relationships with the Thomas <coughs> Creek, the Golden Groves, the various establishments in Easley, or or do you do tend to talk with more of your contemporaries in the downtown setting? Uh, I mean, I tell you what, I talk with everybody. And it's not just like I was one of the founding members of the uh, the SC Brewers Guild. Um, I've got friends all over the place. Like currently, I'm on the board for the uh, Master Brewers Association of America. We have a, a district, Carolinas. I'm on the board for that. I'm the treasurer. Um, and I, it's, I, it's not. I don't really talk to one set or another. I talk to everybody. My door's open, and I'm glad to help out or do whatever. Um, you know, when I got into Brewing, I think it was Sam Calzone from Doggy Fish Head said, "Craft craft beer is ninety nine percent asshole free." So I I, I came into that um, kind of class, and I think it's unfortunately um, the, the the environment's changed a little. You know, people are there's a money grab now, but like my door's always open. I'm always here, and I understand. And one of the cool things about going to that brewing school is. Because I've got friends that work at Coors, and they work at St. Louis, Missouri Budweiser plant. I've got, you know, what hell, one of my former head brewers works at Budweiser now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got people that work in Japan and South America, and they teach and all over. So I can I can send out a question like, hey, we're having a problem with our, I don't know, pick it, keg washer, heat exchanger, mash tun rakes, whatever. And I guess, has anybody else seen this problem? This is totally, <laughs> I've hit a stump. I can send that on Facebook and I'm getting 18 different responses from people who are brewing on a five barrel system and people who are brewing on thousands of barrels, you know? And you just have to pick the common denominator. Right. <laughs> I hope I answered your question. I'm sorry. That's all right. Yeah. That's all right. That, it actually opened up even more because now I'm like, well, shoot, uh, does that even open up like with the international relations that even open up like a pipeline to get Japanese hops or Australian hops or South American hops, Brazilian hops, whatever the case may be, hops from all over the world. Like, does that make it maybe easier to create something that no one else is going to have in the area, in the country, whatever the case may be? Not necessarily, um, because all that comes from a, like your hops and your malts and stuff come, come from either directly from the hop farms, the hop, like hop union and stuff like that, or, 
Brees is one of the ones we work directly with, but a lot of it comes from distributors that work very much like a beer distributor. You know, they buy a bunch of different malts, styles of malts, types of malts from several different malt houses, several different hop farms and hop coalitions, and they just have a, a price list. And that's kind of it, because it, it, it's easier to buy from like a uh, distributor because you can get all that stuff and then kind of cut your shipping down. Um, but yeah, like it's easier for us because we do use a lot of um, Wireman malts, um, so we obviously use PSG. Uh, they got a hub out of Atlanta, and then um, we use a lot of Brees malts and a lot of our stuff, like the Green Woolen Yeomans and stuff. So that comes directly out of uh, Wisconsin. So we talked a little bit about getting started, and so you have a beautiful brewery, your original great Thank you building. very much. So what made <laughs> you decide to build this this nice event hall type situation that you've got beside the brewery um well as as to y'all's previous thing man there there were when we started we were brewery number three or four and now there's like 40 in the upstate alone and so i mean it's the market's getting bloated like there's like i'm i also own a consulting company and i spend i give away the first hour for free and I spend that hour trying to talk people out of starting a brewery. <laughs> and it's not for my own personal gain. It's like you will be, like, unless you've got some. Eating up spit out. Right. Unless you've got some kind of mind-blowing idea that's going to change the face of craft beer. I wouldn't. It's not the right environment to start a brewery right now. Uh, what was your original question? I'm sorry. Uh, you're fine. I was just talking about how beautiful oh, okay, the yeah. original. Yeah. So, like, was. We, we needed to pivot because we were honestly. Um, we were starting to plateau and we were like, we got to do something. And we noticed that one of the avenues that we had was a bunch of people were renting on our storage floor and beer garden. And obviously it's more financially worth it to bring people to us so we can make more money on that keg if we were to send it to the market. Now our main business is sending that those kegs out to the market, expanding our footprint. Um, <clears throat> but it is, a, it is a nice revenue stream having the tap room. And so, you know, we thought we've got three revenue streams. We've, we've, the first one is kegs and cans through the market, right? The second one is the tap room, and it's a great little supplemental thing. And now we've opened a third revenue stream in the form of events. So we've got an event hall with state-of-the-art audiovisual, anything you could want. Like you could do an acoustic performance, you could do a 12-person corporate meeting, or Snoop Dogg could come and sell tickets. Like we're all we're all geared up for that. So a lot of my friends in Charleston, um, Charlotte, Atlanta, you know, I started bouncing ideas off of them and they were like, it's been wildly successful for us. So it just seemed like that. We had three or four ideas. I always say we had, we threw three or four pickles on the wall and mine's the one that didn't fall off. So, <laughs> and it worked out. It's been working out and thank, thank goodness that we, had it when COVID came, because like at first it was like crap. Like we got our certificate of occupancy three weeks before everything shut down in 2020. Oh. Yeah. Wow. I mean, but for those three weeks, it was like <clears throat> it was like the end of Rudy. Everybody was putting me up on their shoulders, like, Will did it. We didn't believe him. We thought it was crazy. <laughs> but holy crap, he did it. And then it was like crickets. <laughs> it is not fun coming into a 8,000 square foot event hall. With no events. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, that wasn't fun at all. And it probably took more than two, uh, like everybody's been under stress, but that probably took a few years off my life going through that stress. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but say, you made it. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. When they say you can hear a pin drop, you can hear the pin drop and ricochet. <laughs> it's not done till it's done, man. Um, but yeah, things are coming back. I just, I would, everybody's hurting. <laughs> it would be great to get the, um, Restaurant Revitalization Fund, they're passing that bill through Congress to get it refunded. That could help us a lot. And then uh, we've got, um, they're allowing us to extend our, or like expand our SBA loan. Um, that would help a lot too. If you if you had to like rank it on a percentage scale versus like, if you were like, if 100% was those three weeks prior to the shutdown, and then what, what percentage tier were you at during the heat of it? What percentage were you at a year or two later? And when what percentage of it are you at now? What, I mean, what's your progress to realistically? Like, and I hope I answer this correctly. Like, we've taken this whole thing as just restarting the brewery. Um, there's probably most of the original staff is gone because, like, you know, we they they we had to let people go, and they found other jobs. And when it was time to bring them back, they were like, "Man, I'm sorry, I've got a steady paycheck, and I can't I can't just leave." Yeah. Um, Not looking to restart their life. Right, but we look at it as like, okay, so we pretty much restarted the company. We're in the same position as we were debt wise when we when we started the company to begin with, but now we have all these assets. We have a canning machine that's paid off. We have all this brew house. We have. You know, a lot of our, a lot of what you see is we've always just poured money back in the brewery. And uh, now we have the reach, we have the connections, people know who we are, we have eight years of track record. Um, so we just figured as we restarted our brewery, but we have a lot of legs up. We have a lot of advantages to when we did. There's helps, a lot of- Helps to have your, helps dig, dug in a little bit. Yeah, that. yeah, but also, I mean, you know, there's a lot more challenges now too than when we started, so. There's give and take. Uh, oh, the next question's mine. Look yep. at that. <laughs> Keep up, man. Come on, uh, man, on your toes. <laughs> a lot of, now, this actually, I didn't plan to add this in, but I thought of it just before we came into your little studio area. And I'm pretty sure the first beer I had, I've been down here full-time for about a year and a half, but I had been coming down here for holidays and such for several years prior. And I'm pretty sure the first beer I had, like a, a South Carolina craft beer, was the GVL. Yeah. And it was only because, I, you know, I didn't know where else to start. So I was like, oh, let me go see if I could find some beer. And I ran into the Publix, and one of the beers I saw was the GVL. Awesome. Thank you. And that was a number of years ago. But go back to that... Uh, I'll, your beer being very visible and readily available in supermarkets, in bottle shops. How do you as the brewer, as the owner, whatever your choice perspective uh, you want to take, how do you gauge what sells best and what gets distributed distributed versus what you actually like? Like what beers are actually good to you? Um, it's like, oh, dang, I wish I could sell this one to the public. This one's really, really good. But the money, the numbers just aren't there. Right. Uh, and a lot of that's to do with, you know, who buys our beer on the, on the second tier. And we meet with, um, 
distributors and and you know we kind of bounce obviously we march to our own the, the beat of our own drum we brew what we want um but you got to brew some of your skeet lights on and uh we had those conversations with our distributors um and they're the kind of ones like yeah the, we're really seeing things trend you know these are the options we'd like to see in cans from your draft selection that are doing well in the market and um i think this year that we're concentrating mostly on uh obviously gvl quitting time uh fishing beer a lot and then uh, i think probably the next uh canning offering that we get once we kind of get the recipe finally dialed in because like i'm in love with it um i had brewers she feels like she could take a better shot at it and like i love it and the, and like we had a conversation on friday when i was like <laughs> i'm drinking beer all over the world i'm telling you like it's hit like you might not like it personally but <laughs> this is this is gonna be probably the next beer we put in cans you gotta brew what sales and i flipping hate hazy i hate trendy beers uh, <laughs> you story. just got some serious brownie points with wayne i'm like listen it, it, i liked hazy before hazy was it, the well, hip thing to do it, it is Chase like did too. what i don't like is there's i i can't stand It's like the death of art when you log into Untapped, which I also have a very, and you can ask any brewer, they hate Untapped, but you gotta look at it. And like, it is so frustrating to see like a hype brewery where they're just, they're making so much money. It's like, I don't know, they're working for the cartel or something and they're hiding suitcases in their closet. You know what I mean? Like that's how much money, they're printing money. And like you see on tap, it's like, yeah, we, we were fortunate enough to get one can mulled in across state lines and then it exploded in our hands. But the oh. two ounces we were able to pour into a glass was <laughs> pretty much alcoholic puree, but... Three percent. It was wonderful. Me. Five stars. It was, it was yeah, wonderful. Like, five stars. What? <laughs> like, what? And like, what I also hate on tap, because like you go on there and like, you know that you have this new stout they brewed is beautiful. It's, it's a gorgeous love letter to stouts. And you'll see somebody on there that's like, I don't like stouts. One star. And it's like, just don't rate the beer then. Yeah, if you yeah. don't like stouts, <laughs> like, you know, drink like, corn, move on. Forget it ever happened. Really there, you, know, <laughs> you know, it's America's free country, whatever. But it's sad to see, you know. I sound like an old curmudgeon now. <laughs> like, I sound like... <laughs> Well, listen, just because you don't like the beer doesn't mean it's a bad beer, though. Yeah. No, yeah. And I like, I like, I just don't like, I don't like how people are like pretty much packaging Trube. Like they're packaging hop particles. They're packaging mud water. And it's like, that's not fair to, like, to me, that's not, that's not fair to your customer. Hocking on my girls. You know what I mean? Cookies. Right. I, and, that, and like, I hate, like, very much, I like want to bring people into craft beer. And there are definitely brews out there who's like, how we're making our money is creating a buzz around this and people come into craft beer and they think that like, oh God, I gotta spend 20, 30 bucks on this four pack and it's all troop and it's not even beer. And it's like, that hurts me. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. That was probably the most controversial, controversial thing I've seen on the podcast. <laughs> but they've made a great, that's what we call it, call it hazy-ish because it's not truly that true hazy like you know it doesn't look like orange juice right but it is that protein haze mm -hmm. like you cannot see through it absolutely it's dark dark is that what you got is what? that what you got no absolutely not we had chase and i had one you know what one of the hardest things to do is keep it hazy <laughs> that's, that's been our problem we're so good at like 
clean brewing. <laughs> our one of our one of our one of our problems has been like that's why we named it hazy ish. Ish. So, so as, like as if, it ever did, if we ever did have a couple kegs that cleared up, we could be like it's ish. It's not ish. So, <laughs> so if you don't mind, and I mean Stephen may already know this because he does a little bit of home brewing, but if you don't if you don't mind maybe giving away a trade secret, not sure. necessarily yours, but the industry as a whole. Like, what is the difference as far as getting that color? You mean, like, the hate? The, yeah. I mean, Versus I've, doing I've something heard, clean, like a pillow. I've heard of everything, like, including it up to, like, people just, like, it's, it's um, you want to, obviously, you've got to drop a little bit of the dead yeast off the bottom of the tank, mm -hmm. and then you collect yeast to reuse, and I've just heard people full-on transferring everything, which is, like, it makes my teeth itch. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and I've, I've heard, like, people just... Purposely sticking their mashes, purposely screwing up the like screwing up the grain bill and, and making them making a not balanced beer. I've heard of people wholesale just like buying fifty pound bags of flour and dumping it in the whirlpool, or not not whirlpooling it, just dumping it in the kettle while they boil. And that's how they're getting their their hazy color. Right, and then like obviously, that's one beer that we don't really whirlpool at the end. We yeah. just shoot it over. So if I can if I can make a a, um, a layman's comparison, you're saying the process of brewing a hazy, the most hipster popular beer style of them all, at mm -hmm. least right now, is putting makeup on a pig. Well, there's, there, here's what I like, no, because here's the duality of it. No, it's dirty and the putting right. on a pig. Like, like as a brewer, like it just like as and especially like German train brewers, like it just made every hair on the back of our necks stand, stand up, up. When, we were, when we were brewing it because we were like breaking all the rules all the way just right in. but yeah. then like <laughs> there's the duality like the first batch like the longer it stayed it, the more it cleared up the more like crap like, <laughs> you know what i mean so it's like all of our like some of our test batches cleared up we were like i don't know i don't know what to do like i feel like i don't even know how to brew beer anymore like so there's a there's an art to it and people that are and i'm not saying this about all breweries because there are some people that do hazes and they do them good and it's gorgeous beer it's a gorgeous beer style but it very much was born out of well this beer didn't turn out how we wanted it to and the sales team said i don't give a shit we've got to sell it so uh, let's figure Hazy. out you know <laughs> Hazy, this, this is not going down the drain. Throw some more hops in it and let's figure it out. Just ship it. When someone, someone, buy it says, when someone says their beer tastes dank, they just made it taste like a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> and like, honestly, I do like it. But again, another thing that hazy style is more tropical hops, juicy, stone fruit, yeah. that kind of. And, and like, I do, excuse me, and I, I'm starting to curse a little bit. I apologize. You're fine. I, I do gravitate more towards like the hops that I like or the piney green grass uh catty cat urine <laughs> like I, I like a like a two-hearted hop slam you know th those kind of those are my go-to outside beers man I am just killing it <laughs> well you sang up his praises enough before so <laughs> he, now, now he deserves a little bit I, I wish our viewers swallow. I wish our viewers could see his face because Wayne just got his hand over like he's choking I mean, and that's the thing. Like everybody, like when they come in and, and, and like, number one, when somebody comes in and like, I'm like, hey, what do you want? What would you like to drink? And they're like, well, what do you like? And it's like, that's not number one. That's <laughs> not. I'm not buying the beer. So, yeah. but number two, like, I 
because of my job, I have to appreciate all of your styles. Yeah. I have to learn about them. I have to constantly be learning and putting in the work. How many beer styles do you brew that, like, oh, wow, this is really good. I like this, but, and I think the people like it, but in the back of my mind, knowing what this style is supposed to taste like, it may not be exactly one-to-one. Um, can you repeat that? Sorry. Have you, like, have you ever encountered a situation where you you picked a particular style to brew? Right. And you, you're, you're going back to your knowledge and your uh, classical training, so to speak, you know exactly what this is supposed to taste like in its purest form. And you brewed it, and you taste it, and you really like it, but it's not exactly one-to-one versus the quote-unquote what this is supposed to taste sure, like. Sure, yeah. But people really, really like it. So, like, do you ever have a situation yeah. where you serve it up and they really like it in the back of your mind? You're, you're kind of like, oh, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. In the yeah. back of your mind, you're like, mm. That's not the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, absolutely, the first version of the Dunkelweiss we were brewed um, was... Had a little too much uh, smoked ham in it. I don't know where that came from. But, I mean, boy, did we sell that beer. And we were like, we got a home run. And the next year, I was like, I'm going to tweak it. We're going to get rid of that smoked ham. And guess what we found out that people like? Smoked ham. ham. Uh, What did you change the recipe for? Because it didn't. didn't, No, no, no. I'm saying It didn't follow the beer rules. People would say, well, you shouldn't have changed that recipe. You don't understand. I'm I'm, I'm shedding my cocoon and becoming the old grumpy brewer. (laughs) Oh, no. I agree with you. I'm just, I'm agreeing that. People were probably like, why did you change the that recipe? Idea, I was we like, we I liked know. it. <laughs> but going back, let me tell you the tragedy of the Southern yeah, Pale Ale. <laughs> That's one of the best beers that we brew. The it's Pale Ale? Style. Yep. And we've uh, sent it off. And I've actually gotten the note back. And like, some guy was like, this is, a, this is one of the most beautiful Pale Ales. But let's be honest. Like, this was on the <laughs> GABF notes. It's like, it's the pale ale category, and this is not moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> and like, there are some people that will come in and buy cases and cases and cases of pale ale, but people just hear pale ale and they're like, Ugh. and it's just it doesn't. It's one of the best beers we have on tap, and it doesn't it doesn't move as well as I think it should, honestly. And uh, I mean, there's nothing better than a pale ale. Pale ale's quintessential. You go up to Sierra Nevada, what's what the first beer you're gonna get? Pale. Yeah. You go up yeah. to Oscar Blues, you're going to grab a pale ale and then dip your Dales. feet. Yeah, you're going to grab a Dales and dip your feet in the Davidson on the way home, you know? Is it is it easier or, easier or harder to market beer to the run-of-the-mill walk-in, hey, can I have a beer? Or is it easier or harder harder to market to the real craft beer hardos out there? Um, I'm going to be honest with you. The craft beer hardos already, like, we automatically... <laughs> I kind of poke the beer when I shouldn't, and like I just let people know up front, like we we make traditional German beers and craft beer lagers in a traditional old world style, and that's what you're getting. And like, um, I think it's easier for us because we're more accustomed to introducing people into craft beer, and that's very much what we are. We're not trying to be the kitchen sink glitter fart, you know, beer unicorns and everything thrown into it. I'm trying to I'm trying to be the six pack that Wayne keeps in his beer fridge. Oh. Exactly. He markets to me, not and you. When, and when people and when people come in, Wayne's like, "Hey, have you had this pale ale?" And then he introduces you to that pale ale, and you're like, "Okay, yeah, that's that's my that's Sunday Sunday afternoon beer. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. my lawnmower beer." Um, so and, and and like you know, with my educational background and like I teaching is just a passion. Like it is easier for us as a company to just find people because a lot of people 
when they walk in the door, they're like, oh, I haven't been here in a couple of years, or I've never been here, or like my son talks about this place all the time, and I thought I should check it out. And like, it's nice to kind of handhold somebody. Mm-hmm. And like, one of the <clears throat> most questions we're asked is like, Scott, it's like Midland Light. What's like Coors Light? And I'm yep. like, hey, you'd like a fish in here. And then that breaks the ice. Like, it's like, you know, I got my brewing and green meeting. And they're like, you can do that. And then <laughs> it kind of gives me a, I've already got my foot in the door now. And it kind of gives them a welcoming way into the craft beer. A nice, easy. Catch them bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Right, right. And like, what I hate is, and I don't like to, I'm not talking smack about anybody in particular, but like, there are some breweries, and they'll they'll phase themselves out. There are some breweries that like, you know they're putting out bad beer. We all do. And they're still shipping it. Like, you got to pour some of those beers down the drain because I would, it would curdle my milk if somebody their first impression of me was like of beer ever they had maybe a a version of one of our beers that wouldn't run through a clean line or wasn't it's just not up to our standard yeah yeah yeah. and and they're and not only are they like well screw brewery five but they're like that craft beer junk is for the birds like that would kill me because it's not only hurting me it's hurting us Yeah. yeah Go back to we'll go back to PBR or something. Yeah, that would kill me. I told you I was gonna give you content, buddy. <clears throat> How do you decide? So let's flip the script a little bit. Um, you have food trucks. We do. How yeah. often do you have food trucks? Um, we love to support food trucks. It's been a part of our our thing. We had a uh, about every night. And, All right. And so, do you? Hand pick them, or do you let some of your staff say? I, I used to. Now we've like, like I said earlier, I've very, I've been very fortunate enough to build a probably the best staff we've ever had as a brewery. Um, I mean, we've had great people at any given point, but like this is all together the best team, and we're so lucky to have these people. And uh, I've passed that duty off to my um, taproom manager. Uh, her name's Jamie. She's a wonderful person. And uh, boy, she whips stuff into shape. She's not afraid of working and communicating and moving and shaking and making things work. And she has done a great job of just scheduling and meeting and greeting and all this, you know, getting these people on site. And like I said earlier, like I'm not a food guy. I'm not a food guy, but I'm very much am a fan of that Um aspect of it yeah like you bring a couple different businesses together we can make a magic we we can Mm -hmm. make some magic for one night you know what i mean like a band some beer and a food truck just the right way is a perfect thursday night people might love their food but they'd love to sit down and have a beer and a burger so right that burger truck comes here they can have a beer and a good burger it's a fantastic or beer or beer might not be their thing but they they are uh um what's the word uh roadie for local music right you know, yeah. every live show around um, and i'm a real quick cheap plug we got wine and cider too so and and alcohol free right. products so you know yeah i saw your uh my daughter would love the little pre suns yeah man up there yeah man the cutest thing is watching um i made one of my bartenders mess with my youngest son he's he's almost five his name's teddy and i watched him and he, he got away from me. We were at an event one time. And I'm always, I'm probably harder than I should be on them about their manners. But that's one thing I'm very, he goes up and he's like very respectful. And, and so like they check him out. And they're like, okay, I need some money. 
And, they were, and you should have seen the look on his face, just like, I, uh... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be four ninety five, sir. Yeah, he ordered a Capri Sun, and he was just like, I don't know, I don't know, I just thought... <laughs> it was great. It was great. I just thought my daddy would pay for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's... He brought up... It reminded me, I meant to stick this in the back of my head to bring up a little later on, and I forgot about it, but he reminded me. He brought up cider and wine and mm -hmm. you said your original background in brewing fermenting was making wine making wine so right? like do you ever have like a, a a brainchild type of idea to have like a sister establishment no. <laughs> that's something in your past let, and you will never go back to it let, let me tell you something if something <laughs> happened where buried five went away or somebody paid me a lottery sum of money to step away and take my brewery over or whatever happened I would never open. <laughs> I would I would never open probably anything. Like just being a boss is stressful and I hate it. Mm -hmm. And like, cause you've got to have difficult conversations. You've got to worry about other people's families. You've got to worry about, you'll just wake up 3, 3 a.m. And no, no reason, but. Nobody's in the building. The lights are off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Did something we, blew up. What happened? Did we turn the boiler off? Yeah. <laughs> Should I drive up there? <laughs> All right. I think it's my question next. It is. Okay. Who's not paying attention now? <laughs> well, I'm just trying to remember where we are. All right. So, you know, most of the breweries and tap rooms in the area are open at least five to seven days a week. Well, mm -hmm. I noticed that yours is open a total of four so um five. five oh wednesday through sunday wednesday through, okay yep my bad I so when, wednesday thursday friday four to nine mm -hmm. and then sunday saturday noon to five and we usually have something going on all those days okay do you find that that's a format that really works for you or is that something i think you might touch on before but well, buddy no. i don't know okay <laughs> i don't know I'm again. I'm throwing pickles on the wall at this point. I'm trying to just find something that works. Uh, find something that sticks. And and we've uh, we've found success with community outreach and like consistency is key. So getting mm -hmm. these same food trucks, having the you know music on the same time, the same day, getting charity organizations involved mm -hmm. for Thursdays. Like we're uh, bringing back Veterans Night. It's the first Thursday of every month, um, and we pick mm -hmm. six different local veteran chapters that don't have like an overlapping mission statement. Um, and we're hoping to have like, now the more I get into it, I don't know when this is going to go out, but we were hoping to have it the first, like a big kickoff with all of them the first Thursday of April. But now the back and forth that I'm getting from everybody that's involved, is like May might be better. And May is, I think, veteran appreciation month too. Mm -hmm. So, um, but we're just looking for a way to have something like we bring in back comedy the third Thursday of every um, month and we're bringing back what we've got. We've I've never been a trivia guy, but finally they've broken me down and, we're <laughs> and like it's actually been a lot of fun. And I've found out that I um, might have a problem with how much I love and appreciate uh, the MCU universe because I was in charge of that trivia, and everybody was like, "It's not that it was a bad trivia." So you know that's a bad that's a bad first. <laughs> Wasn't bad, but. <laughs> Maybe I'm a nerd, so. <laughs> so if you had to associate a particular beer style with Iron Man, what would it be? It's got to be ready, all right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's not what Chase was thinking. What? I wasn't thinking anything, but I, 
That, that way was more. It was not a red ale, so yeah. that's interesting. I was thinking more of a barrel aged beer, strong and pop you in the mouth. I think that would be more <laughs> Iron Man's faithful sidekick, War Machine. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm not allowed to do the trades anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> when people would get one that in your mind was like, this is easy, people, come on. And right. they just completely bomb you. You just like publicly berate them and oh, like, boy. get out of my brewery. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so you were broken down in the hazies and then broken down on trivia nights. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm sorry. I hope I answered your question. We're, you we're, did. We're, I'm not, I'm, brother, I don't know. <laughs> I'm riding lightning right now. I don't. I don't know. I'm trying my best. I'm working my butt off, and um, we all are. And we're just trying to make this dream work. And uh, we've got something going on every night, every day. So, well, while my two partners figure out who's going to ask the next question, I guess I could do a follow yeah, they, up to they my keep own question. At each other. <laughs> Nervously, like flailing. Well, that's because someone do, decided. Do, do to you have you have your question ready, Chase? If not, I can go. Go ahead, Wayne. Have your follow-up. <laughs> well, since you talk about the Veterans Night and uh, the trivia, it, you know, in the event center, we doesn't seem like there's any shortage of events here. Winter times, you have the Toasty Farmer. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the, I'm not sure exactly what frequency, but the Pro Turbo Wrestling. Mm-hmm. You even have your own race series here, which is, uh, I think, four or five Ks, which actually I signed up for all of them this year. Yeah, so I how see do you, there. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> I'll talk about that later. Um, how do you decide which events mesh well with your center and your brand? So one of the things I believe in is a culture of no in our brewery. Um, you know, you hire somebody new, and obviously they're going to have – five, 10, 15 great ideas right off the bat of how they used to do it. And we're going to implement those immediately. And it's not stroke people's ego. It's just like, wow. That worked better. Yeah, we've been banging our head against the wall. But then once you kind of get here, and and the reason I put Meredith, I know that I am very much a, a wild card. And Meredith and Jeremy are very much centered and grounded people. So I purposely put them in my way. So we always have a three-person vote mm-hmm. on everything. And it's a culture of, you're fine. It's a culture <laughs> of no. And it's like, okay, this might be a great idea, Wayne. Mm-hmm. Your idea to do the 5K series might be a great idea. It doesn't fit. And it's not to piss you off. It's, if it's a good idea, mm-hmm. you're not going to give up on it. Mm-hmm. You're going to fight and tooth and claw and make it a better idea. And when you do, when we we get to the start line, not no pun intended, right? For whatever event, it's going to already be a badass event because it's got your passion behind it, mm-hmm. and you have fired up the team to say, "No, we've got to have this event. Here's how we can do it. Here's why. Here's what we can do. We can implement." And then once you get the team fired up, I found that like. Now the team's come up. We, you know, we could also do this. We could combine this. We could, we could put this over here, and that would work even better. And, right. You've got all kinds of little <laughs> things flying off. Why ain't shooting at us? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I, I love that you just brought up your wife's input as an owner and decision maker oh, sure. because that transitions well into our next question, and that and. We were um, fortunate enough to interview the folks at Cyclops not too long ago, mm-hmm. and they are 
due to due due to of course Colby's unfortunate passing, they are 100% female-owned brewery mm-hmm. now, and the the result the result of his passing is 100% female-owned brewery, and they on top of that just hired a known from a well-known brewer head brewer from the West Coast who is also female. Now I did not know this when we got here, but you told us something off air that Brewery 85 also has a significant footprint in advocating and uh, advancing women in the field of brewing. So sure. why don't you go into that story and tell tell us your, your, your take on how you're contributing to that. Sure. So my wife is one of the majority owners. So we are a, I guess you could hand fist that in there and say we're a majority women-owned business. One of the majority owners. One. Excuse me. Um, we are actually, I believe at this point, majority, the majority of our employees are women. And it's great. Uh, I, I love them to death and it's a wonderful new, how do I, how do I say this right? It's, it's a wonderful new, like, I, like I, I don't have daughters. I've never had sisters. It's like a wonderful perspective. new as- perspective and aspect of my life that has come out of this whole pandemic thing. You know, we, and it, it's just how the chips fell as we started we hired a bunch of, of women that are amazing at what they do, and I am so thankful. Uh, Taylor Corona, she started her uh, brew career here as a uh, first an intern, and then a beer tender, and then an assistant brewer, and then she's kind of bounced all around the country in a good way, not in like a flaky like she's earned like. She's just gotten promotion after promotion after promotion and hired and hired and hired. And she's got wonderful recipes, um, an amazing mind about her. Uh, and and um, our old head brewer had an accident off site. Um, and I, I can't really go into detail about that. But uh, he had an injury, a uh, pretty severe one, and loved him to death. But we had to move on as a company and he's always welcome here he is but he's always going to be a part of our culture and i want him back as soon as he's ready to come back but you know i needed a head brewer and i was i can't i can't i i was the guy at one point after covid and i'm talking about like well into 2021 i was doing <laughs> marketing growing brewing. the beard marketing cleaning the talk Business. signing the checks <laughs> like at, you know what i mean like he was insane so i had to hire somebody and so i hired taylor i i called her up i said what you doing do you, and she had been dreaming of moving back to Greenville because this is, I mean, premature home base and we brought her back and it's been, it's been wonderful. And then we brought on Candace uh, Walter. So um, Taylor is a Air Force vet and she was a part of the, um, she's alumni of the Greenville Roller Derby team, the ladies team. Uh, and that's how I, I guess she met up with Candace. Candace is uh, also, she's a current member of the Roller Derby team and she's in the Air Force Reserves. Um, most recently doing that mission to Afghanistan. Uh, and she's a load master on, I believe, C-17s. Please don't kill me, Candace. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, golly, she, like, uh, she also brings a wealth of knowledge to the table in, in the form of, like, just being able, to fix, being able to fix anything. And she really is one of those people. I can, I can show her how to do something once, maybe twice. I don't have to bother. And not only do I don't have to bother with her again, she's going to start learning on her own, like, Okay, how can we improve this canning line? How can we improve this method? How can we improve this keg washer? And it's great, Jamie. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, we we picked her up through um, 
one of my friends who gave me the talk and I knew I was a boss, he like he 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 uh drove me to my car and, and he got real like quiet and I can just tell the mood changed. I was like, oh, please don't. I need you as a bartender right now. Please don't quit. He <laughs> 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 was like, no, I need you to hire my friend. And I was like, okay. And so I hired him. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Where have you been all my life? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, yeah. And and it, it's a wonderful, like I said, it's a wonderful new aspect in my life that I really appreciate has come to fruition because of COVID. So we're speaking earlier, Wayne was talking about the wrestling. So what's the story about the wrestlers on the tanks? So it's the old... I, I, and I always get this wrong. It's what they started naming tanks in World War II because there was the whole thing where it's like it's bad luck not to name a tank. And then the mm -hmm. brewers would come home and tank, tank, right? Beer tank, military tank. They started naming their tanks. And it just became a cultural thing. So um, it's kind of a superstition in the brewing world. Like it's bad luck not to name a tank. You can't just name it like mm -hmm. FV3. You need to name it something. Um, and so we were like, shit. We like, you know. <laughs> Wrestlers and the four fermenting vessels of the Ninja Turtles. Yep. Um, Mario and Luigi are, are hot and wa hot and cold water tanks. Can't put stickers on the Mash Tunner brew house, but whatever. Um, <laughs> it's too hot. But uh, yes, yeah, this is bad luck not to name a tank. And I I did some professional wrestling. Yeah. Like like we mentioned. Um, and it and it just it just kind of came out of a. You try not to swim against the tide. If something's happening naturally, then let's just, you know, buy the fat head and slap it on the tank. <laughs> uh, well, I was curious because I just recently was talking to a brewery that we're going to be interviewing soon, and they have princesses. Yeah. Um, don't don't I, say I won't it. Don't give it away. I thought that was pretty but, good, too. I like that. But I was like, and they started telling me why, and this certain Disney character is on this one. And I said, why is that? And it was like, oh, well, that's because he's full of air. <laughs> and I'm like, that's cool. So I was uh, curious. What's neat is we just brewed, uh, we, we're brewing a home and away. We're in the middle of it. So we brewed one at their place. Okay. And I won't give away the brewery, but we're brewing a, yeah. um, we found a new uh, ale strain called the Philly Sour that Lalem makes. And it's pretty neat because it's, it's not, there's no microorganisms. There's no nice. biofilm. It 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 ferments, it lives, it dies, it cleans just like cerevisiae and ale yeast. And so um, we're going to do a uh, Berliner with them, like a low ABV Berliner. And then we've got a peep, like, I forget what she called it, but like a peep. Essentially, it's going to make it's going to make the beer purple, pink, whatever. Yep. It's going to be a neat. It's going to give it a pink. It's going to be an awesome, like. That's awesome. Yeah, it'll be neat to see once we get it all fleshed out. I didn't mean to put you on spot. No, it's, it's like, all don't, good. Don't say it yet, because no, no, yeah, no, no, that's right. just we're super excited. excited. Well, we, we always that, that's like one of our monthly haunts. Like that, we'll go and have a beer, and yeah, we'll you know when we, when I need when we need to have a no bullshit meeting or or bring somebody back down to earth or just blow off. You know, we'll we'll, we'll go there, and I'm glad that they now have a. Well, let me know next system. time you're down there because we live right around the corner. Okay. I'd love to come up to that place and have a beer with you. To be named later. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay, so, are we, all, are we talking about, all excited we talking about, about Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, just <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
By the All way, right. uh, Gaston wasn't a villain. Just gonna say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. That, well, that's that's how I was like. He was just he trying to tell me about that. He's telling me about that. I'm like, this. Okay. Listen, some kind of half dog, half man has kidnapped not one, but now two people out of our village, and he's abusing his staff. <laughs> yeah, you're darn right. I'm gonna arm myself and form a small militia to go put this to rest. Yep. Was he a jerk? Yes. A bit of an asshole? Yes. Was he right? Yes. All right. So, unrelated to this podcast question, Johnny Lawrence, villain or not? Johnny Lawrence, not uh, not in not in the Netflix reboot. Not the new one. Yeah, I haven't seen the reboot. Oh, you haven't seen the reboot? Yeah, but uh. sure. Yeah. I mean, that's the traditional 80s trip. He's definitely a villain. He's a bully. So the new one, he, he's teaching for good. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 good. I've got I that, but know. like, and yeah, the old one, like, if you, if, he's you go back and watch the, if you go back and watch the first movie, like, the first thing he does is, like, Daniel's not even, like, talking to this girl for real. And he shows up on his mo- motorbike and is like, well, I'm going to fight you now because you got near my girl. Yeah. It's psychotic. It's like levels of narcissism that are reserved for politics. Like, it's, it's insane. So, yeah, definitely a villain, Wayne. Can, yeah, can you imagine right. if you pulled up and, like, you got three feet from my girl, bro, it's time to fight. And you're like, I'm, bro, I got grand My comprehension's even... still hot. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so earlier you said you, you had dabbled in pro wrestling. So, mm-hmm. uh, what was your wrestling name and were you a... Baby face or a heel? Uh, it was everything. It was whatever the promoter wanted you to be. My name was Cameron Cross, but you can't really find any videos. And it turned out there was a kid, I believe up in Illinois, that had the same name. Oh. Mm. And he was 18 or 19, and he killed a bunch of folks. So now when Whoops. you Google Cameron Cross, you're going to get... You're going to see all of his court cases with killing people and not me. But I had, a bit, I had the big beard, I had the big blowout, like the big crazy hair, and I would you know, puff it out, and eventually it was the young lion is what they started calling me. Um, young lion. Yeah. Mm. And I wish I was in that good of shape, man. I, I picked up, uh, I remember the day it happened, I deadlifted like 395, and I set it back down, and I was like, I could feel like a change. You know when you feel a change in your life? I was like, I don't need to pick up that much weight anymore. <laughs> nope. And now I own a brewery. <laughs> This was before GVL was a thing, so you couldn't even say you're Cameron Cross. GVL. Yeah, right. <laughs> Cameron Cross found guilty. Cameron Cross said yes. <laughs> <laughs> nope, not Cameron Cross. Murder, so. murder, murder. <laughs> yeah, oh No, I don't. It was fun though. Well, I, uh, I, one I, of our old sales guys. Uh, I found him because he was my old tag team partner, <laughs> and his name was Ball Sauce. Ball sauce? Boss sauce, ball not sauce. ball sauce. <laughs> boss sauce. And, you know, you can do all kinds of wonderful rhyming and alliteration, like don't cross the boss and, like, you know. Get sauced. All that, all that goofy crap. Get sauced by the boss. <laughs> I don't even know who's next. <laughs> it's supposed we, to be Wayne. Well, hey. Le- le- leading into the wrestling one, theme, I've got, these, at me. I've got these guys on the ropes. Have you guys ever had a podcast where you guys are... Doing this, like who's going next? I don't know. Oh yeah, I'll yeah. All the time. Well, and when we, when but it's mostly due to our own fault. Mostly his. Well, most time we get caught up so much in the interview, and it's like we forget script, and it's just like yeah, you know, I can feel that. Off script is more entertaining. Absolutely. When I when I shoot my little Instagram reel videos, I have like a little prompter. I'll be gosh darn if I don't blow shoot it off. Forty videos. Yeah. 
exactly what I did when we were trying to start. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of Instagram, you know, I actually do love that you have an account for your dog, Blue. Yeah, thank you. And when I first discovered your brewery, I saw that you had brewed a pub logger named Pub Dog. Yes. But you don't brew it anymore. I'm glad you asked me about this. So this is so been... let's uh, give you a segue into like uh, any more. And this uh, this was not planned, folks. This wasn't. Mm. There's been a couple topics we touched on that have been mm. uh, a little bit planned. We mentioned it. Uh, mm. I'm very glad. Thank you for asking this. Uh, love that dog. Um, we brewed it. We brewed a beer in his honor, and um, it was great. And then I mean, of course, everything happened and went sideways. And when we came back as a team. We kind of started banging around. Like one of the goals was, and people hate this, but I was like, I want to kill ninety percent of the seasonal brands. I want to kill them all. And people are like, why? Like I don't understand why. One of the fun aspects of craft beer is, why not? We can just do new stuff. <laughs> Make a new beer. It's gonna be just just as good enough, if not better. We have fun. We brew whatever we want. We don't have to stick to the old script. So let's do that. But one of the things that Everybody put their foot down and like, it's a good idea because it's a good brand. But they were like, and and we want to do stuff. We want to start bringing back the, we used to do a lot with the um, Greenville County Care, like the adoptive services, the shelter, the pound. Mm-hmm. They're wonderful folks. And we loved having Yappy Hour and, and helping them raise money. And um, Kim and them are just amazing people. And Jamie, uh, the guy that owns Jimmy Dogs, mm-hmm. is part of that. Just wonderful people. Um, but that was one brand that the entire team was like, nope, we are not putting a foot down. We're not killing that. And I was like, I'm, it's my dog. I'm fine with that. <laughs> um, we're going to bring it back. So don't, don't, don't tell anybody. <laughs> Trade secret uh, here. Yeah, yeah. Won't go on air. Uh, but we're going to bring it back. But we think we're going to reimagine it as not just like as, a, as the pub dog lager. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to bring it back as the pub dog series. So we will mm-hmm. visit that once or twice a year. As an like it's a traditional English style mm-hmm. um, that we feel needs some love, and um, it, it'll be a series instead of the same beer. It'll mm-hmm. just be a rotating. It'll be something new mm-hmm. every single time we brew it, but it will be that pub dog logo yeah. moniker. And what one of the cool things is is we're starting to slowly bring casks back into the fold, mm-hmm. and it's something we really we mm-hmm. really excelled at as a brewery was casks. And now I've got a cask engine, and I'm trying to figure out. Um, I'm working with uh, a. Oh, shit, I wish I could plug them. I forget their name. Um, ah, it doesn't matter. They're they're great folks, uh, and I'm sure I'll plug them somewhere else. But uh, they're helping us work with our. Um, they're they're going to help us up front at the tap room. I've got that tower and got a whole glycogen system and mm. gas and everything underneath the floors and the whole mm-hmm. everything. I'm going to figure out a way to, so you know when you do a cask, it's air. Mm-hmm. So it's like opening a bottle of wine or a growler. You've got 48 hours till you need to drain that sucker. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the longer it's tapped, the worse it gets. I've got a system now where I can hook it up. We don't have a fridge, but I can run glycol through like a little cage, keep the cask cold, to where it needs to be at that proper 45 to 55 English mm-hmm. pub temperature. Oh. And and when you pull, it's not pulling air. It's pulling CO2 off, 100% CO2 off our system. So right. that cast now lasts for mm-hmm. 30 days. 
I get you know? the I get the timely nature of of opening up, and you've got X amount of hours, but I did not know that was because of the temperature you are supposed to drink it at for traditional English styles. Yeah. So yeah, uh, and and over in Germany, it's kind of warmer. Like you know, America is they want to hammer you with. And I hope I'm not. I, Will's real good at sticking his drink, foot in his mouth. Keep, keep cold drink fresh. Right. Well, no. And and the larger beer companies wanted you to drink as close to freezing point as possible. Mm-hmm. Because it numbs your tongue and you yeah. can't taste any off flavors they have mm-hmm. in that light American adjunct lager style. Right. But you don't get that with German beers. You don't get that with English beers because they're no. all flavorful, masterfully crafted. Mm-hmm non-large volume global batch styles. Now, given technology, we can do anything we want now, but... Kind of like a fast food restaurant years ago, and I won't say their name, got in trouble for brewing their coffee extremely, extremely hot to mask the flavors so they can make a cheaper coffee. Exactly. Now, on this uh, Tub Dog series, will that be making it into cans or just uh, tap only? I'm not certain. I mean, the uh, honestly, we, we're going to have to kill some brands and cans because I'll, I'll have the old um, supply chain issues or mm-hmm. shuffling out, and we're great time to be right in the middle of a rebrand too. Like, I mean, we're we're seriously seventy percent done with a like a brand refresh, mm-hmm. and uh, the, it's gone from used to talk to can companies. Excuse me, used to talk to can companies. And it goes from, okay, it's, well, you go, we got to have your art week four weeks out, and then we can start printing, and then we can get the cans to you. So, like, it's, you know, six, seven-week process. Now art week is, like, then it turned to six weeks, eight weeks. Now art week is, like, 12 to 14 weeks. And mm-hmm. so, like, now we're cutting into our major brand supply, like the Greenville Fish and Quitting. Now we're starting to worry about that. So we've, we've got to put... <laughs> Welcome to supply chain issues. Yeah, we've got to put seasonal cans on 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 the back. <coughs> I got you. The um the the pub dog series that makes me wonder, and you may have probably inadvertently answered this. You know, our our friends and previous guests of the show down at Woodruff Roddy's Beer Garden, they have the whole dog theme with with the naming of their brewery yeah. and that's and and their the events they have there and that sort of thing, and then of course the charities they involve, and it makes me wonder. It's like. I wonder if you two ever had a relationship, being that you both have this, you know, love of dogs and in the charitable aspect too. And then, of course, you're saying that it was had been off the line for so long. That's probably why, because they're a fairly new yeah. establishment. No, sir, not yet. I believe we have uh, our distributors sold some kegs to them, and we've gotten down them. Our sales folks have gotten down them a couple times, but we haven't actually established a yeah. relationship. But I, I'd like to. <laughs> We well, seem we like like-minded owners. people. <laughs> John and Jan, if you're listening. <laughs> um, finally, here at the Upstate Beer Boys podcast, we like to focus on the idea of supporting local and drinking local. Um, what relationships does Brewery 85 have with local businesses, local fundraisers, local charities, um, independent artists, musicians, that sort of thing? Remember, we've already touched on a little bit of all sorts of these, but... What is your footprint in the local environment of Greenville? Again, other breweries, businesses, charities, fundraisers, whatever the case may be. I'd say it's um, then some examples of which, of course, probably raising money and and helping other like-minded small business owners. So obviously, we do the Veterans Night 
are we're bringing that back and we're, we're helping local veterans and a multitude of aspects uh, we do the toasty farmer winners market um, from December to March that just ended uh, where you know we bring in every Saturday from 11 to 2 we bring in about 30 local vendors that sell whatever excuse me uh, everything from meat and veg to clothes and what have you um, obviously local food trucks we, we uh, try to keep our music as local as possible too <clears throat> like to a 120 mile radius mm -hmm. to us um I'd say we we just like to try to tie our brand to the city of Greenville. I mean, this is where I'm from. I'm born and raised. I've made a life here. I have two sons and a dog. And I'm just tied to the city. You know, I played Little League over in Malden and have always grown up here, and I'm tied to it. So, I mean, our, our MO is anything we can do for the city. I mean, 85, Greenville is at, is at the elbow of 85. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's true. And that's another thing that went into our naming because we didn't want to be like, you know, Rhineville Brewing Company. You know, we wanted to be something. Right. We wanted, And the reason we called it Brewery 85 is part of my educational background in Europe. Like when you go over there, it's not Augustiner Brewing Company. It's Brewery Augustiner, mm -hmm. Brewery Schneiderbus, Brewery Eyinger. Brewery comes first and then the than the name. So I was like, that'd be a fun little, mm -hmm. we didn't want to be Brewery Greenville. So we were like Brewery 85 that expands. If we ever are lucky enough to expand our regional footprint, you know, you've got Alabama all the way up to uh, Virginia and then mm -hmm. all the states that, board, that touch it. So, mm -hmm. did I answer your question? Probably. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but I didn't. That's all right. Um, yeah, Do you have just, any, more any more examples? Um, well, Veterans Night? Any, yeah, any I mean, what we've done in the and... past and we're trying to bring back is obviously Yappy Hour with Greenville County Adoptive Services. Um, gosh, you put me on the spot here. I wasn't even ready to answer that. I mean, we, we, we just work with a lot of anybody that can help in this area. I try to help. I have a, a business, a mouthpiece. You know, we've got a social reach of almost 40,000 people. Um, anything I can do to help my hometown, I try to do it. Well, what, okay. Well, what about collaborative businesses too? Because you spoke a little bit about your, you know, kind of side project. You don't have to go into that, of course. But, you know, what about collaborative businesses that, like, they might be down the road or on the other side of town, like, hey, come in and help us with getting the word out on this event or this beer or whatever? <sighs> Man, I don't even know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, can you give me an example? Have you asked, the beer's flowing. Help out. The beer yeah, flowing. yeah. <laughs> like if, well, for um, if I had to think of one right off the top of my head, and it was one Wayne, it was one that Wayne actually just reviewed. You might have to clean this segment up a little bit. <laughs> it, it was one that Wayne clean up an hour five. I'm right, sorry. You're fine. I'm no, sorry. you're fine. Absolutely. One that uh, it was one that Wayne recently reviewed on his YouTube channel. Uh, up over the border of Newgrass, they did a collaborator collaboration with a um. A tattoo parlor where like it was their name i'm assuming probably their design on the can but it was obviously newgrass's beer so like gotcha. anything things like that like um some like little no name i don't want to say podunk but like some like lesser known type of business that maybe have come in and you know i would say that's a no because he shot us <laughs> <all over. laughs> uh well, one 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 thing we are doing is uh 
we're doing, I mean, like, uh, yeah, a lot of the things we do are, are like larger, not necessarily smart, but they're, they're still Greenville. Like, we do a lot of stuff with the well, Bon Square Wellness Arena. Okay. Uh, on their craft side. And then we also do, I mean, obviously, everybody knows that we do the the uh, the fall for, we're very blessed to remember the uh, the fall for Greenville Fest beer with the city every year um, for fall for Greenville. And that's mm-hmm. been one of our, our proudest kind of uh, feathers in our hat that, that the city has. Um, graciously let us do that every year um we do that and then uh another one another one we are working with is uh we work real closely with the drive uh obviously we have our green okay. cans in there um but we also have our um i think we're trying to do we're trying to brew a beer with a um a veteran charity event that they have like some big name concert uh in november Mm-hmm. every year okay. at the stadium okay. and they uh i can't really release a lot of details about it but like in the past they've had like charlie daniels and a bunch of amazing artists come through and and, and do the concert there and since the, the city and the county really don't have a parade anymore like that's kind of there they have a flyover fireworks whole presentation concert and now they're we're doing the beer aspect so stay tuned for that that'll be neat neat kind of thing to do again veteran based <laughs> I uh, no, and that's obviously an extremely important thing to bring awareness to. Um, um, well, we will uh, before we wrap up. We always go around the table, talk about what we had when we were drinking here with you, talking with you. So, Wayne, why don't you go first? Well, I was the first one here, so excuse me. Well, the memo said twelve o'clock, so I was here at twelve. I was told it'd be here at 1230. Well, I was talking about the three of us. Because uh, <laughs> we know people like to run late. So, um, start off with my favorite, Fish and Beer. Uh, fantastic brew. It's actually what launched my whole uh, brew craft uh, experience here. And then went for back for not one, but two pints of uh, the 864. Is it Wizen or Wizen? You can call it whatever you want. It's Weizen. Uh, it's named after the area code 864, but the Germans pronounce it Weizen. You can call it Weizen. We've heard Weezer. Now, is that like a, a Hefeweizen or is that more? It's a Hefeweizen. So Hefeweizen is traditionally a light wheat, and this is mm. just a wheat wheat. Now, the funny thing is I like the uh, fish and beer more out of the cans, but the Weizen more out of the tap. Strange stuff. Yeah, yeah. Does that make you cringe when people shorten the name of it and say Hefen instead of Hefe? I don't. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, like, people are just here to have a good time and have a couple of beers and hang out with friends. And I'm, I've learned, I've learned to develop thick skin and just like it is what it is. <laughs> let's, let's, let's drink some beer. That's right. I see he stares at my soul and Um Well, the two I had. First of all, I start off with a flight, and the one that stood out the most, as although I do do like that tower infusion. Thank you. That you do. <laughs> Um, that was your quitting time, and it was pumped up with all sorts of pineapple and fruity type of notes in it. But the one that I really want to ask about, and you talked about it a little bit earlier, was your dunkel. Yeah. And I love the dunkel. I, dun, I call it a dunkel of bison because that's what your menu says. Yeah, I've yeah. never seen I've never actually seen the word dunkel bison. Yeah. It's always just dunkel or Munich dunkel. Yeah. Um, but that one, it reminded me, aroma, taste, it reminded me of Christmas. And then it was funny when you were telling us the ham story before, and he was like, that's gone, we're never doing it again. And I was like, well, I eat ham on every Christmas, <laughs> and I get this Christmas sensation from drinking this dunkel. 
<laughs> well, that's one of the brands that we're killing, unfortunately. Aww. But And I wah, hate to get wah, nerdy wah. with you, and I don't want to seem like uh, uh, a blowhard, but so what you're used to seeing is there are two separate styles. There is a Dunkel, which is traditionally a German dark lager, and then there's a dark uh, Dunkel Weizen, which is a dark wheat beer, German wheat beer. Yeah, and so I still want to do a Dunkel, uh, regular Dunkel, and I don't know if we'll be able to stretch the parameters of pub dog. <laughs> It's <laughs> not exactly inside Great Britain, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm sorry. What, you have to remind me. What was your question? I apologize. <laughs> oh, just if they're, well, drinking, just drinking drinking honestly, beers. as you were saying, just tell us the story behind the theory. Oh, yeah, up. and it was, yeah, Howdy Dunkle. Uh, and it was just a fun little, we were just like, let's brew a Dunkle. <laughs> and it, we were flying by the seat of our pants when we made that recipe. Oh, so. <laughs> I gotcha. And then the other one I want to talk about is the one I'm currently finishing, and that was uh, Big Fella. Yeah. Big Fella Stout. And it's a lot sweeter than I thought. Um, it's very smooth, and I don't, rec- I don't recall. Uh, it, I, it was up there, but I, don't, I didn't. <clears throat> the ABV didn't check into my brain. It doesn't taste like it's a high ABV. So that is a funny story. Like, I was, we used to do Runner Stout, and then it got, the recipe just got, there was too much black licorice tobacco mm. notes for me. We've always we've always used um, uh, French broad chocolates. We've always used their cocoa nibs. So I kept that. We entirely changed. Taylor and it's mostly Taylor. She entirely changed the recipe, and uh, it's named because um, I, we wanted a a mouthfeel to it, like a prominent mouthfeel to it. But it, we were like, what is stout? Like, what's stout? Like, what's kind of, we got joke around. And for some reason, me and Meredith just started calling each other big fella at home as like a pet. Like, everybody's got like, oh, sweetie, honey, cutie, doll. Like, hey, big fella. Don't you bring me that butt over here so I can finish this steak. So it's like, it's, <laughs> and it just, we were just set, like, we called each other big fella in the Monday morning meeting. And like, everybody like looked at each other and was like, Here's the name of our stout. So. <laughs> big fella. Well, you are the boss, and sometimes she's making a lot of decisions, so she's your boss. So yeah. Big fella's the boss. <laughs> so I started off. Your beers? I started off. Well, give him a mic. I started off with the hazyish IPA, the Great Danish. And then Fusion Tower, Quitting Time. And the Great Danish, even though I didn't realize that you weren't supposed to get it in a little sample, <laughs> it, it was my favorite out of all of them. Only, Thank I you. guess, I guess because I've had all the other ones pretty regularly, because, you know, you can go into most stores up here, which is awesome, um, and get whatever kind of beer you want from 85 Brewery, other than this one or... You know certain ones, but it's, it's definitely uh, a you know. I told you I had like a cinnamon bite at the end of it, and I don't know if that was just my imagination. Uh, yeah, my palate was there's still pretty bit, clean. There's not cinnamon in there, but it's, yeah, maybe what you're tasting is uh, rye. So okay. I hate rye. Hate oh. I love bourbon. Hate rye whiskey. Yeah. Uh, and it was kind of a challenge to myself when I was a homebrew. Is how can I put the rye in there to get that color and that spiciness, but hide that not prominent rye? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um. And so that's, and it's also made with uh, tons of local honey from Be Well. 
mm-hmm. uh, wildflower honey, and then uh, a Belgian yeast. So that was that was that was one of my original homebrew recipes when I was still trying to uh, put myself into a uh, uh, twist myself into pretzels, trying to come up with new yeah. recipes to challenge myself, beat my head against the wall. <laughs> well, I'm a bourbon guy, so maybe that was just my imagination thinking that it was tasting something that it wasn't that I wanted. <laughs> I got you. I got you. And I had uh, a fish and beer go-to mm-hmm. and then a pale ale when we kind of took a break. I was like, yeah, we just made a fresh batch of pale ale a couple weeks ago. So, man, when you get a beer, there's nothing like it. Fresh. And that's a southern style, right? Yep. Well, it used to be southern style, but... Um, People that had the trademark on the name Southern Style went out of business, so I'd always wanted to call it Southern Pale Ale, and I don't know how that works out, but we're kind of angling to change it back to Southern Pale yeah. Ale. The not, style was just so we didn't get sued. Right. <laughs> not, not not the Pale Ale that people really like, and you like, oh, we're getting rid of it soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so before we wrap up, is there anyone else that will, that you would like to plug any events that are coming up in the next month or so that you want to plug or anything else that you want to talk about? Sure. Yeah. So we're doing, we of course we're open Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, four to nine. Um, on Wednesdays we do the GSO. We host a bunch of the GSO cornhole leagues and when they're not playing, we have free play cornhole. Um, we also host a running club in conjunction with go Greenville events in the upstate running club. Uh, it starts at six, uh, all, all ages, all experience levels. It, it's not, it's very low frills, awesome people just get together to exercise and have a group to lean on. Uh, and the best part about it is when you get back, your first beer is $3. Uh, Thursdays are getting awesome. Obviously, the first Thursday of every month is going to be Veterans Night. Going forward, we raise charity, uh, raise some charity money. We're planning to have some live music, some raffles, some fun stuff. Uh, we're also looking at doing the third. Thursday of every month is, month is a comedy night, um, and we're planning on some form of new beer release, whether that's a cask, an actual new beer, or whatever. Uh, and then in between, we're doing all kinds of um, trivia, like you know, smaller events. There's always something going on. Friday night music has moved to Saturday afternoons now that the Toasty Farmer is over, and we found that like, golly, we blow it out of the water on Saturday afternoons with just. There's nothing, you know, you want a very low-key environment to listen to some amazing, talented musicians and try a bunch of really great beer. We usually have a food truck. Uh, Sunday's usually the one day that we don't have a food truck, but we're working on that. Um, Sundays we usually reserve for, like, sometimes we get the uh, cigar folks, um, Castillo Mobile, to come out or or people like that to come out. Um, They make the rounds, too. Man, they're awesome. And then... uh, We'll have family game day, which we already got that little geodome we were trying to get. I hate it. My parents are going to give me their old playground. And so we paid these folks. We talked about that. To come take it apart. Yeah. And it was all rotted. It was rotted. And I was like, okay, well, we can fix some boards. And my dad was like, no, son, let it go. Like, it's <laughs> I was like, darn. Because we had a good spot for that. But that little field back there, we're planning on um, really bush hogging a lot of that kudzu and actually having like a field. I want to get eventually soccer goals out there. Um, but on Sundays, anyways, game day, family game day. We've got giant jenga, giant corn, uh, giant jenga, giant connect four, cornhole. Um, we get the foosball table down. We get the um, shuffleboard table down, and 
I am creating a dartboard this week. That's the new thing, darts. So nice. Yeah, and usually we have like a, a you know a sale with dollar off Clinton time or buy buy the wheat beer glass, get the pour for free or something like that. You know. Oh. Again, Will, thank you for thank sitting you down and allowing us to bend your ear and drink some of your good beer. So during our interview today, Will talked about his wrestling history. So folks, stay with us as we come back from break to talk with two Tim Boos, a fellow beer influencer on Instagram, about beer and wrestling. Don't bet to watch the children that he gave you on aces and eights and some old river boat. Always watch out for a red-headed woman or government man when he's thirsty for those things that I should have known. Don't call your ex up when you drink tequila. Don't drink tequila with Gustavo Frank. If you're shaking hands, mister, you better Podcast. Special thanks to Will McCameron from Brew 85 for sitting down with us. I don't know about you guys, but I learned quite a bit. One thing I learned is they hosted a number of different events there, and there's one event in particular that plays especially into this segment. We'll call it wrestling, or if you're from the South, wrestling. I don't know about you, but growing up in my teen years, I was a pro wrestling fan. You know, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Ric Flair, Magnum TA, Dusty Rhodes, The American Dream. You know, then later on, we had, uh, you know, the Attitude Area from WWF, you know, The Rock, Triple H. Anyone who likes beer and wrestling knows about Stone Cold Steve Austin. Can I get a hell yeah? Hell yeah. (laughs) So with us today, we have, um, he's on Instagram. He goes by a handle of 210booze. Why don't you uh, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your channel and uh, what you do on there. Uh, my name is Ryan I'm from San Antonio, Texas. I'm not really sure what I do on my Instagram, but I have fun. <laughs> I drink some beer. I play with some toys. Uh, try to meet a lot of people in the communities from each other, toys and beers, and it just kind of took off. I uh, drink a beer, take a picture with it. Then I turned around and started making some stop motion animations with them. But along the way, just about having fun, I guess. I'm like, I'm not having fun doing things. I just won't do it for the day. So, and I'm one of the people, I'm one of the bad people, I guess, in the beer community where I won't give a bad beer review. If I don't like a beer, I just won't review it because I don't believe in bad press. So, mm-hmm. but other than that, I just do what I do. I have a lot of fun doing it. Nice. I can hear about the bad press. You know, it's kind of like when there's so many beers out there, it's not really worth trashing somebody out there for, you know, their livelihood or whatnot. Um, and your stop motion stuff, that stuff is is fantastic. Thank you. Right. Yeah, Ryan, before we go and in, get into the little game we have planned, I just want to go in a little deeper into what you do with your page. 
Um, okay. You do something very unique with your page, of course. You went into it a little bit just now. And I don't see a lot of it around my timeline with so with the stop motions and pairing it with the beer and that sort of thing. So if you could just spend a couple minutes and tell us a little bit about what goes into how, what your thought process is, your creative process, if you will. How do you pick what beers to do? How do you, do you match up the beers with the figures? How do you pick which figures will act out the scene for this beer? Um, how do you decide what the theme of the scene is? Like, what is your creative thought process behind what you do with your page? So the beer is usually decided just by what I'm going to come home and drink. I don't drink a ton, but I'll drink one beer usually a night, like a good dessert stout or something that's going to put me down for the night, right? Just something relaxing I can sip and enjoy with. Um, and basically the process with the toys are, I just think of things like off the top of my head and I'll come up to my stairs. I, I literally have probably like 500 toys now. During COVID, people were sending me free toys and free beer. It was kind of neat, man. I got a lot of free stuff from people. And when I started getting those, I'm like, all right, we'll start putting stuff together. So basically the thought process is if I'm watching, like right now in the background, I'm watching Duke versus UNC. I'll try to come up with something for Coach K later if I can. And if I don't think of anything, I won't do it. But like it just kind of comes to me and it comes. And if I pop it up, I've got it down. I should probably start pairing stuff more with like beers towards my figures. But occasionally I've done that. But it's just kind of random, honestly. It just kind of comes to me. And it's you see it. It's stupid. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of it doesn't make sense but if it makes a smile then it's worked right yeah so. that's that's true and i mean i have a hard time not thinking of this stuff as a little bit of work and i have to like plan things out so i'm a little bit jealous that it just kind of comes to you naturally and you just kind of run with it <laughs> that's why a lot of them don't make sense you're just like hmm, that doesn't make any sense at all but it's fun <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> My best thing, though, is I'll pretty much grab figures. If I that freaking Mercury, that thing's the greatest thing ever. You can get things for like two bucks. Like you just get the cheapest figures in the world. And then that's where I end up getting my real sources from. Like, oh, shit, there's Aladdin for two bucks, you know? And next thing you know, you've got something like that. Your, so. your, your cartel, if you will. Correct. <laughs> the discount cartel. Yes. <laughs> hey, that's always fun, you know? It's the modern day garage sale. Nice. Yeah. All right. So we're up for a little uh, fun uh, word association game we like to play. Uh, the first part of it is I'm going to get, we're actually all three going to take turns and alternate. We're going to give you a beer style. And since the theme of the show is, is wrestling, you give me a, a wrestler's finishing move. Are we ready? I'm ready. Or should I say, are we ready to rumble? <laughs> All right, I'll start off. You know, everyone gives me uh, grief because I came into this late and I drank, uh, you know, pretty much traditional style. So my favorite style is uh, Pilsner, according to Chase. So yeah. what would a uh, Pilsner be on a finishing move? Well, a Pils is kind of like your perfect beer. It's easy, it's well-rounded, right? You can drink it any time of the day, any time of the year. It's not going to be too abrasive, so the perfect move for that is the perfect plex by Mr. Perfect. Nice. Smooth. So that would definitely my move for a Pilsner. All right. Uh, uh, the next one, and I'll be completely honest, I not only did I get off to a late start, I got off to a very late start in life with sports, so 
wrestling is something that's kind of been a tertiary thing to me. Like a lot of friends are known to wrestling, but like my initial knowledge on wrestling is not the best. So the, the next one I'm going to go up with is it's funny. You just used the term abrasive or non-abrasive. I'm going to go with a beer that can be abrasive to someone like Wayne, who's not the Vegas fan of sours. It's a, it's a style that I like a lot. And that is the Berliner Weiss. I think this is a style that's, evolved a lot over the years so what do you think as what do you think would who's finishing move lines up best to the berlin advice so in terms of me that's probably the beer i review the most are sours in berlin so i personally love them but what i think of is you think of sour you think of tart i thought of two people when it comes to that and they're actually rivals one sean michaels with the super kick because you know puckers up your face you got knocked out mm-hmm. and then, <laughs> everyone knows wrestling is kind of one of those insider things right if there's one person that's more sour than anybody in wrestling, it's Bret Hart. So it's a sharpshooter. That is yep. one sour move, you know? So those are my two answers for sours. A sour move and a sour wrestler. Yeah, Bret Hart's <laughs> definitely sour. Montreal. A sour move and a sour wrestler. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what about a classic ale, brown, amber, or wheat? So classic brown is one of my favorite styles too. I can drink that any time of day. So I really couldn't come up with the perfect wrestling move for it. But my favorite wrestling finishing move from a classic wrestling is the Macho Man elbow drop. So why not that? Classic brown should be the Macho Man's elbow drop. Which we actually have the Macho Man. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Nap into a brown ale. <laughs> oh yeah. Snap into a brown ale. Snap into a brown ale. <laughs> yeah, we would have made him millions of Newcastle. Snap into a Newcastle. There you go. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Next up, speaking of dark beers, we're not going to go all the way dark quite yet, but one that's kind of middle of the road, and that's a porter. Something that kind of like fills that middle area between people that are ale drinkers, maybe even IPA drinkers, people that are stout drinkers. So what's your finishing move for a porter? So the darkest person of all will get to you later. But somebody who's like the middle line, like a porter, he tried to be dark. It's Bray Wyatt and the Fiends. So Sister Abigail would be my in-between for like a not quite dark, but almost dark. So Mm -hmm. Sister Abigail by Bray Wyatt will be that one. Definitely like that guy. Wish he'd come back. I don't know where he went. He's just gone. Good wrestler. Good hand. That's some true. say he's going to AEW. Some say he's coming back to WWE. Some say he's going to do horror films. Who knows? Yeah, right? Who knows? That's what's cool about him, I guess, is they don't know what he's going to do. I appreciate, so I appreciate something that keeps you guessing, no matter what walk of life it's in. It does make it more fun. That's why the dirt sheets kind of suck sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So what about an Indian pale ale IPA? So you're going to take the Indian part off and you're going to put A. It's going to be APA and it's going to be clothesline from hell. Bradshaw. I think that's the perfect one for that one. Oh. Big redneck who's just a good old <laughs> Texas boy. Love it. <laughs> We're not making that a British beer anymore. That's not the American one. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I got it. I, I, I like your thinking out of the box on that because you know when it comes to 
wrestling, you think of, you know, high flying America, you think of Hulk Hogan. So I like your out of the box thinking on that. Oh, we're very close to that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> keep, I got a funny I'll, feeling. I'll keep, my, I'll keep my lips zipped for now. <laughs> keep my lips zipped for now. Yep. <laughs> All right. Now we're actually going to go to one of my true favorite styles, like a, a lager, like a Hell's, Hell's lager or Schwartz beer, which can be darker. So intrigued to see what uh, kind of finishing move those would be two very different types of lagers <laughs> there is i took it kind of the american sense americans have hijacked lagers all your macro beers are lagers and it just seems like every style you see here with the exception of miller light ends up bud light coors light they're all some form of a lager right so all americanized the atomic leg drop will be the lager paul cogan's move I like that. I like we want to go German. I guess we can do Alex Wright, but Alex Wright doesn't have a finishing move. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Amer- Americanized wrestler, Americanized beer, Americanized move. Hulkster. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Brother. Let me Brother. tell you something. <laughs> you're going to drink this lager, brother, and you're going to like it, brother. I guess the uh, the Schwartz beer could be the Hollywood Hogan from NWO. Hell yeah, that's a good one. Yes, absolutely. That's the belt whip. <laughs> right <laughs> that's real good that's funny up for the barley wine now i'm sorry i'm up next um okay so the next one is i was i had an interesting way to set this up but it's about finishing moves not wrestlers so i'll keep my mouth shut what finishing move is the ultra powerful ultra hit you in the face stout imperial imperial stout barrel aged for now, me i'm going if you want, you could take it two ways because, of course, the Imperial Stout doesn't necessarily have to be barrel-aged. But those are the ones that really smash you are the barrel ones, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I noticed you guys have gone from, like, levels of degrees. Like, we go to barrel, and the next one's barley wine. So the setup <laughs> move for the barley wine is by Rob Van Dam. It's the Van Daminator where he throws a chair and kicks you in the face with it. That's a pretty good <laughs> finishing move. You know, that's what, a, that's what one of those barrel-aged stouts does to you. It just knocks you out. Which leads me into your guys' barley wine question. Now that I've knocked you out with the chair, I put you in the corner and I put the chair in your face, go to the other corner, and I bandaminate you with now the Van Terminator. And that's the barley wine. Those two moves back to back. Because those beers, barley wines really, really do damage to me badly. Like, that's something that just hits me hard no matter what. It's so rich and just, I actually avoid them. I'm not gonna lie. It's one of the styles I think I've had done twice in my things and I just, I avoid them. They make me a nasty person. <laughs> now, there's a brewery here in Greenville that does really good barley wines, and they do collaborations with people all over the United States. And their barley wines, I, I can drink them. They're more and smooth? Not, yes, and I'm not a barley wine guy. They're, they're drinkable. I like the taste of them usually. It's just they're so rich, and the ABV just, wow, it just hits you yeah. hard. So, yeah, I find it interesting that you, you you pick the same wrestler, two different finishing moves for two different beers. That's uh, and Rob Dan- Van Dam definitely underrated in the grand scheme of things. So, kudos for that. He was one of my favorites. He was awesome. All right, so we've talked finishing moves in styles of beer. So let's switch it up a little bit. We'll go uh, uh, different wrestlers, and then whatever beer style comes to mind and and we may or may not have heard of these uh 
wrestlers in the uh, previous uh, portion of it. So um, I'll start off with uh, one of my uh, childhood favorites, Mr. Son of the Plumber, Dusty Rose, the American Dream. I'm really glad that you included Dusty. Dusty's so underrated. That guy was such a good worker and so mm -hmm. good on the mic. He was amazing. So I can just imagine him like putting over the American Cream Ale, Dusty Rhodes, American Cream Ale for the dream. You know, he'd be fantastic uh. with a cream ale. <laughs> yeah, because you look at a cream ale, you think, ah, oh, it's not that bad. You know, Dusty Rhodes, he doesn't look like he's that bad. And he'll mess you up in a heartbeat like a cream ale. That's right. Dusty finish. Uh, cream ales are something to me that kind of almost kind of go down a little easier. So do you, do you think that bar, you know, play, play uh, devil's advocate to my ignorance for a second is Dusty Rhodes, someone that like you could uh, kind of like a, like a longer, longer type of uh, match kind of, so to speak. So you could take more cream ales and eventually they'll kick you out. Uh, Dusty was one tough dude. Yeah. Dusty had a lot of scars in your forehead. So uh, yeah, he <laughs> definitely for a while. Absolutely. Steven, you want the next one? The Hulkster. Already covered Hulker, I think, with this one. That guy is an American cheap logger. The cheapest kind of American logger you can get, like a Budweiser commercial. Him ripping his shirt open. A Bud Light it'd have to be. Ripping his shirt open. Eagles all over his shoulders, you know. Him coming out like, drink a Bud Light, brother. That's that's Hulk Hogan. You know? Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get him real quick. Y'all had a drink. I needed one. <laughs> Roll out, roll out, roll out. <laughs> All right, thank you. I just want to add in one thing. We had there was a funny moment we had since you brought up Budweiser and that's your Hulk beer. We we had a a, a previous interview with Thirteen Stripes, which is a brewery local to us, and they have a lager called Not My King, and a lot of their beers have a theme to, um, early American times, Revolutionary War, that type of thing, and it turns out. That was just kind of like an extra bonus towards the theme. The real joke behind it is not my king. It's a stab at Budweiser being the king of beers. <laughs> Fair. Chase, real quick. I am extremely jealous. You got two really good wrestlers by your name that you're going to ask a question. You well, suck. That's what happens when you read the script ahead of time, my friend. You suck. Steven, go, Steven, go, <laughs> go ahead and take the next one. Go ahead. Be my guest. No, no, you go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no. Go, no Chase, got, Chase got the one I wanted, so I'm, I'm done with y'all. <laughs> well, I think the next one's probably the best one, so. Woo! No. Woo! <laughs> I can't do it. Rick Flair. All right, well, if Steve's not going to go, then I'm going to say. I just said it. You know. Woo! Everyone's got their personal favorites. <laughs> there he is. There he is. 16-time world champion <laughs> from so Charlotte, Rick North Flair Carolina. Is a limousine and ride. Up boy, Jumbo Rick Flair. So Rick Flair, is he really drinking beer? Is he drinking champagne, right? He's drinking champagne, champagne which means he can settle for Miller High Life, the champagne of beers. Woo! <laughs> Him, Arn Anderson, Oli. I can't say Benoit's name, but I will. Chris Benoit. <laughs> the four horsemen. Oh, that is that is two beers off of our craft train and into the macroverse. That's like, right. Well, we didn't ah, say they had to be craft beers. That's just true. Had to be beer. Yeah, I got I got a special beer. There's the champagne of beers right there. <laughs> Boom. 
One for Rick. One for Woo! Rick. Still wrapped. See if you can chop the screen. Oh. <laughs> now the next one, I have a funny little story because one of my one of my close friends from uh, back home up north. The first time my my friends my one of my other friends, the first time he met him, he was coming to an interview at the job we all worked at, and he's walking down, he's walking down the stretch of the building, and it was must have been I think it was like a the hot as hell type of day, dressed head to toe, all black, trench coat, looking like looking like the Undertaker himself coming in coming in for an interview, and turns out that's also his favorite wrestler, so. There he is. There he is. So, what type of beer gnashes up best to the Undertaker? And and extra bonus, if it's not an Imperial Stout, please show your all your work. <laughs> so I'll double it up. I'm going to tell you a brewery and the brand. Oh. You have to go Anchorage Brewery. They have the coolest, darkest logos ever. It's all like let's say Undertaker tattoos on his arm. So you got to do an Imperial Stout by Anchorage. Like those those. Bottles are raw, like skeletons, fire, death, the Grim Reaper. There's a lot of cool stuff on those cans. So that, that's my answer for Undertaker. It'd be Anchorage Breweries, Imperial Stouts. I, li I like that it's so specific. Not just yeah. a style, but a style by a brewery. And a brewery that a lot of people have a hard time getting a hold of because they don't, they're, they're very they hard about distributing. They, they make, they're a lot of money to get down here for sure. Mm-hmm. Wayne and Chase, I know y'all seen the beer, and I have to go look at my fridge. I don't remember who did it. A brewery did three different um, wrestlers. Undertaker, Bret Hart, maybe? I can't remember. There's three of them total. Mm -hmm. But the Undertaker, the can, you had to take two cans of the same beer, put them on top of each other to make the pitcher, if that makes sense. Awesome. Wasn't that raw? It might have been raw. Um, but I, I, think. I don't know. I reached out to a friend. And I was like, dude, I've got to have some of that beer. And he's like, well, we'll just trade. So I trade some beer from eight state and traded in for that. But it's cool because I just, on my refrigerator, I took the cans, cut them in half, the label, and stuck them on top of each other so it would make the, the full pitcher. But for, um, Paul Bearer, it was a hop head. His head is a hop. That's awesome. That's real cool. Yeah, that's freaking awesome. So I'll, I'll take a picture of it in a minute. It's on my beer fridge, and I'll I'll show it to you. That's real cool. Paul Bearer was awesome and annoying. We yes. all want to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he he did a lot of charities. You know, of course it's it was scripted whatever it, he's a good guy and he did a lot of charity work and it was really sad when he passed away and then when he did pass away you know undertaker and a bunch of of the other wrestling guys they actually were pallbearers that for Paul his Bear. casket that's so awesome wwf brought him back for that cm punk promo where he trashed him and i was like i didn't like that i like cm punk but that was bad that was in bad taste well steve you want to take the next one Ray Mysterio. West Coast hops, right? Oh. West Coast hops. Anything. Good from out there. I like it. <laughs> I guess like something, something like that, or you know. 
guess that's too uh, that's too macro as well now though. I I kind of I kind of want to push you to go into a little more detail because I really like that answer. <laughs> well, everyone, you think he'd say a traditional thing? He'd say, I'd say like Mexican lager because he Rey Mysterio is my number one favorite wrestler of all time when he was in WCW. When I was in high school, I was this little guy. I was like a buck twenty five, soaking wet, probably five mm-hmm. five. So watching this guy Rey Mysterio dive off of things wasn't good for my health because I'm like, wow, what's I can do this? I can jump off a stairs set like this guy and try to do sure. it. And that's when you find out real quick wrestling wasn't in fact real, but concrete was. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rey Mysterio was awesome. That guy really, really did not get enough credit for keeping WCW alive because a lot of people like me watched WCW for those guys in the middle card. Like, like, they were the best part of the show. Like, those guys were doing incredible shit. And then as you get to WWF, you find out he was actually a West Coast guy. You're like, oh, all right, cool. Hence the West Coast pop in 619. And that's why we get West Coast hops for West Coast pops. Yes, sir. (laughs) Now, the next one I know is going to have a very easy answer, but I'm hoping you have a backup selection so we don't get the easy answer because obviously Coors Light's going to be the very easy matchup for Stone Cold Steve Austin. But no, he's have... got his own beer. That's uh, broken well, Skull. That's IPA. What? <laughs> broken Skull. Broken, broken skull. skull IPA and lager. That's right. Get some Steve Weisers. Ice cold Steve Weisers. I remember the time when Jericho was a good guy, but Jericho dropped one of the beers in the ring, so he had to stun him. You drop a beer in the ring, you get stunned. And it was like that weird moment where they like had to go off a script and he had to stun him. He dropped the beer. And I always thought that was funny as hell. No, absolutely. The best segment ever is when uh, Vince and Shane, I think uh, uh, the McMahon's daughter was in the ring and Stone Cold drove up with the Coors Light truck and soaked yeah. them all in beer. That yeah. was hands down the best segment. Iconic. Have any of y'all drank any of the Broken Skull yeah. beers? Mm. It's always on the shelves down here in Texas. It's, okay. it's a good IPA. I think it's going to be like, it's like, we'll say it's like an 8 out of 10. Yeah. Not going to blow so, your socks. It's, it's very serviceable. So I had a friend send me some of the IPAs and the lager, and I thought the lager was horrible. It just, I'm glad. I will avoid that at all costs now. Thank you. <laughs> no, wait. No, we seriously, we were having this discussion earlier um, at 85 Brewery or Brewery 85. I did that twice now. Brewery 85 was talking about how a beer that, say, we all for if we liked IPA styles, there could be a beer that I drank that nobody else liked and I loved it. That stout, porter, whatever. And that's the same way with. You know, that lager. I, I loved his IPA, but I didn't like his lager. And you might like it. I guess I we'll guess, try. Well, I'll come on the show again and tell you, now you were right. <laughs> I guess I you need to right. get... You were right. It was uh, garbage. <laughs> if they come in cans, then you get two of each so I can crack them like that, you know? 16-ounce cans, Chase. I mean, Wayne. Maybe that's how we got to do the Chug World Order. We got to confront them with doing that with the beers. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. We still we start our own Chug World order. Yeah. <laughs> the four Hefsmen. The four Hefsmen. <laughs> That's right. There you go. And multi can be a guy who talks for us. 
Malty our do our intros. Yep, that's our true. AJ there will be Malty. <laughs> well, we talks about some classic wrestlers here, so uh, we'll go a little bit uh, new school. And uh, even though he's uh, seems to be running things, he doesn't feel like he's getting a lot of respect. What about uh, the uh, tribal chief, head of the table, Mister Roman Reigns? He's gonna get no respect. Get no respect either. <laughs> Roman Reigns calls himself the big dog, right? Big dog in wrestling. He's more like Red Dog. He's trash. He's oh. a trash. I would not say that to his face. You're the man, Roman Reigns. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so like a red Zapple ale? Roman Reigns is red dog. Red dog. That beer we all stole when we were little kids. You don't even remember that stuff. It was a poster with a red bulldog face. It was the worst thing you ever yeah. drank. Oh, my God. I had I had expelled that from my memory. Yeah, welcome until back. Until this very moment. <laughs> Roman Reigns just brought it back. The tribal chief. Yeah, I remember seeing that in my early 20s. Yeah, I was like on posters and stuff when I was a kid, and the first time I drank it, I'm like, "Oh my god, this is what beer is." Oh. <laughs> why, why do people want this? Why do people want to drink this stuff? Trust me, it didn't get any better if you were smashed either. No, <laughs> no. I'm like trying to get the like taste bud now. I can taste it. I'm like, Ugh. Ugh. what about WWE Sting? Man, WWE Sting got wasted, right? Thing was awesome. Uh, one, I had a hard time thinking of anything for it because I, I love Sting, the wrestler in WCW, and I wanted him to come in and kick ass in the WWE. So, like, he thought he let's call Sting is like like that release you've been waiting for forever. It's like that beer that you have coming in your beer shipment that you were pumped to get, and you're like, this is gonna be awesome. And then when you crack it, it's a fruit beer that was just foamed over, and you lose the whole thing. That's what Sting is in WWE, like. I was so excited for it, and when I finally cracked the can, I didn't even get anything. You just got a little taste before he left, you know? <laughs> that's thing. That's, that's like if you I, it's like if you arrange a beer trade with for like a great notion or an RAR or a four right? north. You and can't like, wait oh. and then sploosh. Sploosh. Yeah. I definitely like the WCW sting better. He's still wrestling in AEW, too. He's doing all right. He's okay. He's like 61 years old. He is. Like, I can't picture myself doing that at 38. Like, and he's 60 doing it. God damn. Dude, I'm 51 and my joints hurt. I can't even imagine being 10 years older than wrestling. It's crazy. <laughs> Diving off cages. He dove off a cage. Heck, I just turned 39 Monday. And with the profession that I do, I don't know if I can do it till I'm 50. <laughs> You got to pick the right stock and you retire forever. All right. So next up, I think is probably the most, probably the most overrated uh, new generation wrestler. It seems that they pushed and pushed him. I don't think he's all that great. And I don't think he's that great of an actor either. Mr. Can't see can't me. See Mr. Me. John Cena. We don't want to see you. We don't want to see you no more. Um, I couldn't think of what these things are called. They're called spritzers, right? Are those what are those cans of like? It's not beer that everyone drinks. That they're bullshit. It's bullshit beer. What is that seltzer. stuff called? <laughs> yeah, seltzer. That's what John. <laughs> it's bullshit beer. You know. Bullshit beer. <laughs> Somebody's like, you're gonna love this seltzer. You're like, no, I'm not. I know I'm not gonna like it. And they give it to me, and I don't like it. I never like it. Bud Light next. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Bullshit like, beer. 
I don't want to try your Bud Light seltzer. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's John Cena. Yeah, I love it. I love it. That's I really it. good. <laughs> All right, next up, I want to know, can you smell what 210 Booze is cooking? He is that package of beer you've been waiting for forever. He's the entire thing of it. He's the entire package when it comes to wrestling. He's entertainment. He's product. He's promo. The guy is it. So he is that entire box from Beer Drop that you got that you've been waiting for for the whole month. That guy is the best, right? Probably the best product maybe in wrestling history. He seems like a genuinely good human being, too. Like, how many guys from our era are dead now because they did drugs and they're done? Like, just a dark industry and the rock kind of transcended that for people so he is the total package he is the entire drop he is everything he's the rock man right the the, the rock is a walking human tavor box <laughs> but when y2j came out and talked shit about him i loved it because i love chris jericho so i loved it <laughs> <laughs> you know the rock and steve austin were like two wrestlers didn't matter if they were the the baby face or the heel you just wanted to support them it doesn't really matter Right, they they just were like you. You couldn't. You knew it was going to be a good match. You just knew whatever they did was going to be entertaining when they came on the screen, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Could not cheer him, even when he was Hollywood Rock. People still cheered him. So, all right. So I'm going to go a little bit off script here. That's fine. See the uh, the Scott Hole, the Razor Ramon shirt. All right. So added bonus: if Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, doesn't matter, NWO. WWE, what beer would the Chico be? That's a tough one. I'd give him a, he'd be a Belgian quadruple because the dude is strong, but he's smooth and he was quick on the mic. And like a quadruple, every time you have it, it's just like you expect to get nailed by it because of the alcohol content, but they're always just so freaking smooth. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the perfect word to describe Razor Ramon, Scott Hall. That guy was just smooth as hell. Everything. Mm-hmm. Hey, yo. Like, he would <laughs> literally beat the shit out of a baby face everyone liked, but then he'd do that and the whole crowd would still pop. Like, that guy was the kingpin of cool. So, yeah, he'd be a quadruple. The only person that was cool throwing a toothpick. Right? In anyone's face. You'd love it. You'd be like, yeah. It's like when Don Rickles makes fun of you, you like it. When Scott <laughs> throws a toothpick in your face, you like it. Like, it's, a, it's a note of respect. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you lost an eye. <laughs> no. You do a pirate game, man. <laughs> That's what happened to John Pierre Levique, or whatever his name is, that pirate guy. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's rough. Well, what, one thing we always like to talk about on the Upstate Beer Boys podcast is uh, support local, drink local. Now, you're down in Texas, and we're always all about talking up the local beers, the local craft scene, uh, big tap rooms, big breweries, big styles. So can you tell us a little bit about craft in your area? That Now that can range in multiple areas. Who are the power players? Who are the dark horses? What style does, what style does Texas do better than any other state in the nation? So I'll go... Across the board, my favorite breweries in Texas are going to be a little bit away from me. Texas is a huge state, right? Huge state. So the ones that I like best are going to be a little bit north of me. I'm in San Antonio, but I love Martin House stuff. Martin House just does eccentric, crazy beers 
that you would never ever think you would try, but you see it and you're like, chicken wing beer? No. <laughs> but I'm serious. Pizza beer. And then they do stouts. They do your typical stouts, like normal stuff. They'll do like Oreo stouts, things like that. So it's just like stuff that catches your eye. You, you want to try it. You might not have more than one, but you're damn sure going to try every single one of them, right? Um, I'll get back to them in a minute because they're the beer I'm going to say is the style that they've influenced the most. And then we have a 903 that's also up north a little bit in that area, Dallas, Fort Worth. 903. <laughs> I love their stuff. Their stuff does great. You guys know 903? We have, a, we have an inside joke. We, have an inside we want joke. to. Well, we, we have an inside joke, but they've tried some 903 because of me, because I've got a friend out in Texas that gets me the spindle tree, spindle house, whatever it is. Um, and, of course, 903 and Martin House. But 903 is going to be distributed in Asheville, mm-hmm. which is 60 miles from us. That's actually one of my problems with 903. They're actually pretty hard for me to get too. Like, you have to beg my local grocery store to carry some of it. But they do some of the best stouts in Texas. They're on point. Like, in terms of San Antonio, my favorite brewery is a little place called Ranger Creek. They don't get anywhere outside of San Antonio, but they make a really nice beer called Sunday Morning Coming Down. Okay. Tastes like a coffee. Drink it any time of the day you want. The beer that I would say Texas has influenced the most, though, again, is Martin House. I, can I swear? Am I allowed to swear? Uh, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, it's so, so bad. But it's a pickle Berliner Weiss made by Martin House. They started it. Nobody else is doing pickle beer. And this stuff does not stay on shelves. It, like, people will fight to get this beer. It is trash. Really? It's so really? disgusting. And now every brewery in Texas makes their own version of it. So that... That beer is the most influential beer out of Texas. If you see a pickle beer, I want to say Texas is the state that probably started it. <laughs> Dude, it's so bad. It's so bad. Chase wants a case of it. The I one mean, that I would try it, but there's like I would have no even without you saying that, I would have no positive thought process going into drinking that. But it gets worse than that. They make a Kool-Aid version. They what is make, that? I uh, they make it. a Kool-Aid version of pickle beer. <laughs> they make uh I have a tropical tropical punch version of a pickle beer. Yeah. Uh, they're just insane. They they basically started this whole pickle beer thing. <laughs> oh yeah. So you're talking about 903. There's a um well I'm the trying snowball to get one. It. Yeah, that's yep. a good one. The snowball one. It's, and then, it's in- do what? It's interesting. It's a good one. Oh, it's yeah. got different- and Ooh. then Ooh, I don't even have that one. What? Nice, made with the uh, cereal. It's uh, yeah, sour ale love- with blueberries, and marshmallows. I love that they're putting cereals in beers now. They're so good. So it's ingenious. It is. And, no, I mean it's ingenious brewery. Oh, that's the brewery. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's both. It is ingenious in the vernacular yeah, sense. <laughs> Unabsolutely. So, so they did five of the cereal <laughs> beers. They did the Count Dracula which was the chocolate they did uh the wolf which i didn't know which one that was but i shared it with the guys and it was a 14 percent orange infused stout god damn was it good yes y'all yeah. remember that one yeah that was definitely like a pedigree for sure i thought we split, <laughs> i thought we split the mummy the one. no we didn't do the yeah yeah i'm sorry it was the mummy 
it was the mummy. That was the yummy 14%. Mummy. Yeah, yummy mummy. It was orange. And even the owner of Clock Tower got in on it to drink it. And I I paid dearly for these. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was $60 for four cans. God oh. dang. That included shipping, right? Holy cow. But do you guys all live close to each other? Yeah. Somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> I'll start putting together some 903 in Martin House, and I'll send some up your guys' way. We would very much appreciate awesome. that. <laughs> I know. I'll start putting it together, and I'll have it out in like a month or two. I'll send. I'll get a good stuff though, so it's not just swill. All right. All right. We'll we'll we'll, okay. uh, we'll reciprocate. <laughs> exactly. Cool. Um, I noticed one you didn't say is one that gets a lot of love in the Instagram channels, and that's and and what I've heard, and you may remember because. If you if you've discussed it with Malty before, um, it's very much hit or miss. And that brewery, of course, is Urban South. And you didn't bring up Urban South. I like them. I've never had a good beer by them ever. I've had yeah. four or five beers from them, and every single time I've had it, I haven't liked it. It's weird. I want to like them because everything looks so good that they do. But every single I've had from them, like I said, I don't do bad press. I haven't enjoyed them. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> The other one, you know what I say? Uh, the Black is Beautiful movement was started here. That beer got everywhere in the entire country. Mm-hmm. Um, that's slipping my mind. Who is that brewer? They're from San Antonio. Oh, man. Oh. Did they really get started? Did that really get started in Texas? Yeah. San Antonio, Texas. Holy crap. I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. Not far. <sighs> I, I, honestly, I did not know that. I, I, thought it was, uh, I thought it was a New York place. Now nah, it was San Antonio, and it took off from there. Then they ended up working with, um, it is the brewery in New York, Evil Twin they worked with afterwards after that. So Oh, okay. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of the Evil Twin app. Okay. That's uh, probably what I'm thinking of. That, that, those beers are awesome. What a great series that was. Yeah. Or it, Bill. So. Now. What about, what about any Houston beers? you get anything from Eureka Heights or Southern Star Brewing? or? I like Southern so- Star Southern I don't think Southern Star is actually out of Houston, but uh, I got a cousin in Houston shipped me some stuff from there. The most of the beer we get here comes from either Fort Worth or Dallas. It, it's like little fiefdoms here in Texas. It's really weird how Texas alcohol works. They have this thing called TBC where shipping so weird all throughout the state. Like even getting stuff in here is hard sometimes. I have to say that I'm collecting bottles for like collector's purposes, not that I'm going to consume it. So Here's it's like hard. packages. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so we don't get a lot of stuff from Houston. That's why I really don't get a lot of the stuff that Chase was talking about um, from Urban South. So sometimes I wonder, am I just getting bad ones? Um, Buffalo Bayou is a good Houston one. They make some really cool stuff. Big bombers of like really unique flavors. They make a red velvet stout. Uh, oh. Or stout. They make some pretty cool stuff. Hey, so real quick, Weathered Souls, the co-owner. Yeah. Co- co-owner and co-founder uh marcus baskerville is the one that started that yeah weathered souls that's that is it it's san antonio and it it traveled over the recipe traveled over 1200 breweries in all 50 states and 22 countries Mm -hmm. if i have one second can i do a little plug here real quick of course well actually yeah um as the mic Chase, is yours. <laughs> I haven't been posting a lot of stuff recently. 
but one thing that's really important, I've been kind of stressing with my stuff is everyone knows full multi, right? We all know him. We're all full. His beers for babies things is just such a great cause. And like anyone who follows me that's watching this or anyone who follows you guys that are watching this, like just five bucks, man. I don't, this isn't a political statement. This is for little kids who lost their home, lost their parents, man. It's like, just throw a couple bucks for those kids. They deserve it. Like, this is a really, really hard thing for all of us to watch, I think, man. And uh, I can't say enough good things about what he's done, man. It makes me, it makes me hard to make content right now because like, it's just a terrible, terrible thing. I don't like seeing kids be victims of anything. So like, not trying to suck down the mood, but I have to promote that. It's such a great thing. So, well, yeah, and that- on top of that, you know, you're giving Malty a lot of credit and justly do. He got inspiration from you to start that. It's all of us, man. We're just one good community of people, man. And that, that, that whatever we can do to make a difference through social media, it, being an influencer is bullshit. I don't care about that. Excuse my language. I care about making a positive impact on people. If I can make you have a better day by watching my stupid stuff, or I can use my network of people to help change somebody's life, that is what it's about. You're not going to see me posting my boobs out there to get some likes. Man. I mean, I'm a good pair. I'm a fatty, you know? And you're not going to trying to make people laugh and i'm trying to make some bucks for some little kids too so that, that's that's part you know what i mean so thanks for letting me say that i appreciate that now you're as if i recall you're also a big buffalo sports fan Bob now, miller, Bob miller <laughs> go are you now are you originally from buffalo i am from a little suburb on the u.s side right across from toronto you can see toronto from my hometown and uh yeah i'm from buffalo born and raised do you, do you want to talk up any uh, local beer from that area? I'll tell you something cool. So when I was a little kid, when I was a little kid, I was a baby when it came to drinking alcohol. We'd all sneak alcohol, right? You go out and steal a couple of beers from your parents. My, uh, my first alcohol foray, I stole a bunch of beer from my grandpa, right? I stole a 24 rack from him, and I got sick as hell, right? Real sick. And my dad made me go practice football that day because he knew I was hungover. And they said, hey, next time you steal your beer – don't steal Stroh's because Stroh's is not alcoholic. So anyways, I got a bad taste for beer my whole life. But when I got a little older, we started drinking this brewery called Ellicottville Brewery. And they made this blueberry wheat beer. And this was like, I want to say 2001. This is before the whole craft thing like really kicked down. I was like, this is awesome. So lo and behold, now Ellicott Brewery follows me. And I just such a cool thing from a little kid from the beer you drank to having this place follow you now. Like, that's awesome to me. And like, I just love them, man. Like, they're like this small brewery who made it. Like, they did it before all this stuff happened, and they're still there. They're still making the same beer. They never sold out. Like, it's it's cool. So, yeah, I would say Ellicottville Brewery. And if you really want to talk some trashy macro beer, Labatt Blue, eh? is Canadian's <laughs> fine beer. Eh? You want to watch some hockey with a broken hockey nose from getting punched, you know? Labatt Blue's for you. You know what? Not too many good things go better together than beer and hockey. Yes, right. <laughs> That's why my fans do flaming tables, though. Like, I am not Bill's Mafia. I'm like Bill's Jimmy Hoffa. I'm a little more calm, you know? I, yeah. when, when, when you throw somebody through the through the folding table, they won't know they went through the folding table. That's oh, right. man. I, be with you, we'll be 3 d them through it. 3-D. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of what we were drinking, we usually uh, talk about what we had during the segment. So, uh, Chase, I will start with you. And then myself, Steven, and then Ryan, you can tell us what you've had. Thank you. Well, 
I grabbed the six pack. We uh, had our interview with uh, Brewery 85 recently, and I grabbed the six pack on my way out the door of Fish and Beer, which is a Hellas Lager. Nice. Uh, 4%, 4% alcohol by volume. Goes by the tagline, easy, clean, refreshing. And when I poured it, it's funny. You don't try to hard pour it, but it kind of just hard pours on its own. And it's got this, this like funny, not funny, but like ca- calming is so to speak. And for lack of a better word, lemony aroma to it. Mm-hmm. So it kind of sets you up for something. And then you start drinking it and it's just this kind of like light, natural. Okay. You know, a lot of people like to drink something heavy to close out the night to put them down for the count. Um, sometimes I, sometimes I kind of prefer to close out the night a little lighter so I can, mm-hmm. as I sober up, I'm not digging the grave any deeper. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you that is a good, what I would call a gateway craft beer. You want to convert someone that's a macro drinker into craft beer, introduce them to that. And then you can progress from there and you'll, you'll hook them, hook them line and sinker, you know? Pun intended. Yeah. Hey. All right. So, continuing the theme, I've uh, closed out night with a Southern style pale ale from our good friends at Brewery 85. This is a uh, very nice um, pale um, ale. Um, it's got a nice hop taste to it, good clean finish. Doesn't dry your mouth out, doesn't punch you in the face. It's pretty good. It's a five percent ABV, so a little bit stronger than the fish and beer, but it's a good one to close the night out with for sure. And no, they didn't pay us to say this stuff either. <laughs> while we were while we were talking in the beginning, I was drinking a voodoo doll. It's a stout with chicory that came from Experimental Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all can see that. My guys know what it is, but um, it's a guy up in New Jersey that just brews. You you send him some money as a donation, and he'll send you some beers. That's awesome. And then I'm drinking a macro by New Belgium. This is my go-to everyday drinker, Citrus Rescue IPA. It's just his yeah. new his new everyday drinker because he lost his previous one. I, I lost my previous everyday drinker. They pulled out of South Carolina. Um, don't know why I can't get any answers, but my everyday drinker used to be Elvis Juice by Brewdog. It was citrus infused IPA, mm. but this is the closest I can get. So. Where was that out of? So they're a British the, brewery. The brew dog, yeah, it's had a it's a British brewery, but they had a or they have a brewery in Columbus, Ohio, I think it was. Yeah, it's in, it's in Ohio. Yeah. And they even have a hotel up there that you can drink your beer, you can pay so much or whatever, drink the beer out of the taps in your hotel room. You can bring your dogs or dog friendly, the brew dog. Awesome. Uh, but I don't know. They 
the just I don't know if the distribution laws changed or if they just decided to quit distributing altogether. I don't know. Mm. But I miss that beer. <laughs> <laughs> you need to write your company and be like, listen, I need this beer on steady. Oh, I already have. I hadn't gotten a, a reply yet. So I was drinking Salty Lady by Martin House. Think of uh, it's a Goza that's like tastes like a Gatorade with a heavy coriander in the finish. It's really, really good. Help me get in game mode for your guys' uh, podcast here, you know? And then while I was talking to y'all, I was drinking another one by them. It's called Vanilla Skies. It is a barrel-aged vanilla blonde. Uh, it, it's really rich. It's really strong. It's it's good. It's good stuff. They make that, crazy stuff. Does that have any tie to the movie? Uh, Wizard of Oz. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I like the can art. That's why I bought. So when you were acting before, I bought this one to put with Scarecrow from Batman. So there'll be something from Scarecrow and Batman coming soon. Nice. Well, if that Goza winds up in the box that gets sent our way, then Wayne will be forced to drink it. He won't be able to say no. This I can say no. I'll send you this. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I'll send you one of those shitty ones too. You, Wayne, you can't say no. He was a guest on our show. It was. It's a gift. You have to drink the Goza. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I'll send some good loggers too. Don't worry. All right. I will give you an opportunity to give us the final word. It's two words. Thank you. <laughs> That's it. Thank you for having me on the show, guys. I really appreciate it. It was great talking to y'all, meeting y'all, and seeing you guys for real. I look forward to seeing you again awesome. and being on again. Good luck to everything. Yes, Drink sir. Beer. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, I know we can go on and on all night, but we are up against the end of the show. Again, thanks to Will McCameron and Brewery 85 for sitting down with us. And also special thanks to you, Ryan. Um, Thank you. Catch him on uh, Instagram at 210booze. Uh, he's got great content. Um, even if you're not a fan of beer, if you're a fan of uh, uh, Marvel comics or wrestling or anything stop motion, he's definitely got some cool stuff. Also, special thanks to Promotion Graphics. Uh, Jeff at Upstate Realty and the Greenville Craft Beer Fest for sponsoring our podcast. My final word is thank you, Eddie from Clock Tower. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and as always, a special thanks to Mr. Chris Hitchcock for a catchy theme song. Catch him on Instagram or any of the other social platforms at Chris Hitchcock to see what he's playing next or see where he's playing next, too. Speaking of Chris, I think I hear a certain song playing in the background. It's getting a little louder. What do you think, boys? We're just boys. We're just boys. And we like beer. We're just boys. We're just boys. And we like beer. We like beer. If you think that that sounds hazy, then Lord, we'll make it clear. We like Blondales, IPAs, cider stouts from the USA. We're just boys. And we like beer. We're just boys, we like beer. We like beer.